All right, folks, welcome back to this podcast. It's called One Man, One Tree in a Hill. It's a podcast about being alone with your own thoughts. Mm. And we have a special guest. Uh, this woman is a mother. She's a friend. She's a businesswoman. And she can, she's pretty much everything what's right inside life. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Miss Brandy Bow. ladies and gentlemen. Brandy, how are you? What is your new last name? Suzurik. It's, it's a mouthful. Suzurik. Suzurik? Yes. What does that mean, Suzurik? That is actually from? Polish. My husband is Polish. Oh, Jindobre. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what. Did he hit you with some Polish just now? Jindobre. <laughs> That's like, how are you? Like, what's up? And Jinkuida okay. is like, like a greeting. Okay. See, now I need to learn. So it's hard. It's like, listen, I listened to some Polish and I was like, oh, no, I don't think this is, uh, this is the one for me. They got good pots and pans. They got good uh, Polish plates and stuff like that. I got some Polish um, pottery and stuff. Glass that my mother-in-law gave me, like crystal glass. That's really, really nice. It's lit. Yeah, shout out to Poland. I was out there maybe, I forgot what year I was out there, but I was out there like working. But yeah. shout out to the Polish people. Yeah, shout out to Poland. Um, but yeah, it's Zurich, but I, I'm still like in my heart and in my soul, I'm Brandy Bo. I tell everybody, like, they're like, is it okay if we call you Brandy? Because that's another thing. People literally will call me my first and last name, Brandy Bow. Hey, Brandy Bow. I'd be like, hey. You hyphenated it, right? Do you hyphenate? Not legally, but I go, yeah, it's hyphenated. I'm going to change it one of these days and actually hyphenate it. What do your kids go by? Do they have a, they have that long dash? No, they don't have the dash. I know, that'd be too much. It's all the alphabets. It's too many. Right, especially when the kids, what's your last name? Uh, it's a lot. It's too many. It's just, yeah, it's a lot. But yeah. Um, so what Brandy, we do on this podcast, we like to go back before we go before. We want to know, like, how did Brandy become Brandy, right? Mm, so how do well, we get to this person now? So let's go all the way back all the way to the beginning. Back. Where are you from? Where were you born? I was born August 4th, 1986 in Bossier City, Louisiana. Oh, um, really? Yes. You're from the deep south. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wouldn't consider myself from there because my mother was air. Both my parents are Air Force. Right. And so my mother is from uh, Albany, Georgia, and my father is from Staten Island. Oh. Mm. Staten Island, something, right? Yes. What it's is your early remembrance of Louisiana? How long did you stay there? We were there like three or four years. I really don't have a lot of memories of Louisiana. I have a lot of strong memories of the lady who took care of me, who was a lady, um, my mom's chief, his wife, okay. was a retired like preschool teacher. And she used to take care of me. Her name was Mama Thomas. So that's what I called her. She was my Mama Thomas. And those, those are my earliest memories of her. And actually for like two or three years, I thought she was like my mom. Because <laughs> how much she took care of me like in my mind I was like why can't she why why didn't she want me and my mom was like no we have to move and I was like but then why can't my mama come with me why can't mama come with me so that was that was mom was mom your mom was in the air force or was dad inside there what was like what was oh. your upbringing two oh so you two parent household both two parents both air force my parents got divorced though when I was um when I was um they separated when I was like two and they got divorced legally when I was like four or five. But do so, you have like do you have vivid memories of like divorce? Do you have vivid memories like as a four year old, or you just remember it always being like different, being with mom? I just was always with when I was real little. I was always with Mama Thomas, and then as I got older, it was just me and my mom, just me and my mom. 
So are you are you a sister? Do you are you a big family, small family, or is it just you? It's complicated. It's a lot. Of, <laughs> it's a lot of uh, baby mamas and daddies, but it's a lot of us. <laughs> it's a little bit of us. Um, I have two sisters and three okay. brothers. Two sisters and three brothers. Yes. And you're the oldest out of all of them, or I'm you the, the baby? baby. Oh, really? You're the run. Yeah. You're the I'm baby. The, run. I'm the baby. Yeah. Did you always feel like the baby growing up, or? Yes and no, but because my siblings were so much older than me, or had different parents, so they didn't live with me. Right. I was always. It was always. I was more like an only child than having a bunch of siblings and stuff. It was literally. It was always just me and my mom. So you. From, as far as I can remember, it was me and my mom until I moved out. It was. Like my brother, my oldest brother was the only sibling that lived with me and he moved out when I was six. What's the difference between your brother and you? What's the, how does the Every, age range go? Everything is different. We're, comp I, like me and my brother, my like oldest 10 brother, years apart or like how many? 11 years? years apart. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we're polar, complete opposites almost. He's quiet and very reserved and non-opinionated, non-confrontational, um, just... And I'm a lot. <laughs> right. And well, I'm a lot. So he's just so you're so you're like two, you don't really so say that name again, Mama Who? Mama T. Mama right? Thomas. Mama Thomas. So Mama Thomas, she's like your nanny. Is she old? Right. Older lady? Yeah, she was an older lady. Um at the time her husband was a chief. And this was in the late eighties. So I don't know. I wanna say they were in their like forties or fifties. It's pretty much like Big Mama down south. Yeah. That old lady that just takes care of all the kids yeah. and stuff like that. Exactly, exactly. Um, but we left um, Louisiana to uh, Masawa, Japan. That was the first time I was in Japan. So you go to Japan like four. Do you yeah, have any early five. remembrance of like elementary school? Do you remember those times? Do you remember your yes. first teacher? Yes, I remember a lot of stuff from Masawa when I think about it. Um, my mother was like young and in the Air Force and like, really working hard and it's a lot of people don't talk about how hard it is to be a single parent in the military especially right. we're talking about it like 92 three and you know what i mean like early 90s mm -hmm. it was like babysitter you gotta what <laughs> if you don't get in this <laughs> if you don't get you, we didn't right, issue right. a baby you deal with it and it like things it was really difficult um for her and she i, I spent a lot of time alone and probably shouldn't have, but I spent a lot of time alone um, as a child because she just had to work. She just had to um, be doing what she had to do. How many kids did your mom have? Three. Three. And you're the baby of her three kids. Mm -hmm. I'm the baby of my father. Too. Everybody. So yeah. you're the baby of everybody. Yeah. So when you went to Masao, were your brothers with you or was it just you and mom? One brother was with me. And then because um, my other brother always lived with his father. But was that was that comfortable a little bit, at least having a sibling with you at all? Or do you always felt like you guys were so far apart that you were like the youngest one? Yeah, it was um, not comfortable. He didn't, because also he was so much older that he had to watch me. And he, I think he was uh, in it. So it wasn't, it wasn't like a loving and kind uh, brother-sister relationship or, or anything that I was like, oh, I love, and he took care. Like, it wasn't that. It was like. Get away from me, and I'm right. just make sure you don't die while mom's gone. 
but uh but he ended up actually my brother got into some trouble and got kicked off a base and you know that's like when you were how young were you when you remember that was like that was i was like six or seven he had been stealing from the bx which is if people that don't know that's like the the store that's the walmart or whatever but um on military bases so he was stealing like cds and um tapes and stuff and uh they caught him and basically they, he got in trouble a few times and uh, they were like, look, you got to send him back. So when he was 17, he had to go back yeah, and live with his, yeah, they was like, nah. Send your kids back there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that happened to a few kids. <laughs> I know a lot of them. I know a lot of them. Yeah, at least. What it is. I don't know what it is. What people, maybe people just rebe- rebels, you know what I mean? Yeah. do things just. See, I was rebellious, but I was still scared. Right, scared of what? Uh, my mother <laughs> yeah like just a t- <laughs> chief Bo did not play none of them games with nobody so I was always a little bit like I was always reckless but still kind of like there's there's some stuff I ain't gonna do <laughs> and you uh do you remember so when you're like four to five do you remember your mom's accomplishments do you remember your mom being like like, you remember that didn't, like okay so that kind of stuff didn't really start happening and being like a thing until we moved, we were in Misawa for like three and a half years, and then we moved to Panama. Well, let's back that up before, so we're still in Misawa. So Misawa, okay, this back. is when you firstly start like elementary education. So what was that like? You said you have vivid memories. Do you remember like your first friend, or was it awkward for you being someone who, I, in a new country? Yeah, I remember, um, I remember all the little girls picking at me, because it was, I was the only little black girl in the mm. class, in my first class that I really remember. And I remember the little white girls picking at my hair. Oh, and it was, wow. uh, my hair was a huge issue. Um, and at the, I used to wear my hair, cause my hair was a lot. And it used to look like, basically like, I don't know, like Diana Ross or like Tracy Ellis, or like just a lot of hair, <laughs> big. Oh, yeah. Yes. And uh, they, I used to get made fun of. So I didn't have a lot of friends. Um, when I was really little, and I'm an aggressive person, if I like, if <laughs> I'm kind of mean, if I feel like that energy, so I would just you like going back to when you were young, you really felt that way as well. Yes, yes, hundred percent. Oh wow! Like if I if I'm like if I'm if I'm like, hey, what's up? And you're like mean to me, I'll immediately like push. You. <laughs> like <laughs> as like it's like you know first grade and i'd be like hi i'm brandy and these little girls would be like what's wrong with your hair and i would just push them over and like kick them in the na- knee or whatever and be like you're stupid and run away and i'll be crying <laughs> i would be crying the whole attack of person and uh that's just i'm, I'm all, like just emotional and sensitive but not really understanding how to um express that and deal with that in a constructive kind of way I guess. Did you ever ask your mom why your hair was like that or did your mom choose to just make your hair like that? What was she saying? Oh I asked her because I wanted um I wanted my hair straight and my mom was like no you're a little girl and this was like in the you like my mom was like no you can't perm your hair until you're 13 or something like that. I think she might have said 11 actually but you can't straighten your hair until you're that old and you're a little girl, you gotta wear these little barrettes and these knockers and these beadies and these, you know, you gotta wear it. Right. So the compromise was um, she wouldn't leave my hair out anymore. Cause anytime my hair was completely out, even if I felt good about it at home, I would go to school and then they would make fun of me and I would feel bad about it. 
Isn't that crazy how we yeah. remember we remember like the, the little things that like start yeah. young, you know? About yeah, 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 yeah. Always yeah. I remember yeah. like one of my earliest memories is feeling like um like getting ready in the morning and my mother doing my hair in the morning mm-hmm. and and being like, Oh, I look good. Oh, I look so cute. And then going to school and then being like, You look ridiculous. And then I would be like, Oh no, why? And then I just that was like one of my earliest like what is this feel like what is this and how do I deal with it and like that's yeah that kind of thing was a thing that happened a lot in the south but Masao was also say anything your teacher never stood in your teacher didn't say anything she just kind of just left you out there to just fend for yourself yeah no so when so so this first grade do you ever remember like any like loving like from your teacher you know she just completely just looked at you different um kind of like when I think about going all of my teachers it wasn't until I was at Yakota at high school that any teacher was ever really um nice or care actually that's not true I had one teacher Miss Henderson in the fourth but that's different that's different so like some Emma Sawa no no Emma Sawa no I actually don't even really have that many strong memories of my teacher like I can't remember I'm trying to think of my teacher my teacher's Emma Sawa and I don't have any really I used to love um host nation i don't know if you ever took host nation classes no Um, so when we used to be overseas there would always be host nation where you like learn about whatever oh i know what you're talking about now yeah they so i was my favorite i used to love that class and i can't remember exactly why but i just loved it i loved it we used to learn about japanese culture and we used to do like um Japanese greetings and stuff and I would pick up on it really really easily so then um my mother ended up getting me a um, mama-san for a short period of time because unlike mama Thomas didn't charge my mom any money to watch me this lady charged my mom money to watch me and Japan ain't cheap so after uh like I'm I don't know how long it was because as a child it felt like maybe a month but it could have been like six months I don't know <laughs> but uh that lady watched me for like and she only spoke to me in Japanese and um she was I remember her and she was just a like I don't know 45 50 year old Japanese lady and with the like roller set hair and she used to wear her joggers pulled up high and we she was like my best friend and then I get not dang you got me thinking about stuff and I'm like wow Huh. Okay. So yeah, but she's the one. I just called her Mama San. Um, Did you speak Japanese? Did you actually start? Were you fluent a little bit, or how good were you? Um, I was like conversationally fluent at that young age. And actually, my father likes to tell me the story that I don't recall where he came to visit because my father was stationed in uh, Korea. Okay. And so he used to just take a hop to come visit. You know, couple couple a few times a year. So he would um. I remember he said he went, he came to visit for like Christmas one year and um, we went shopping for a Christmas present for my mother. And we went into this jewelry store and my father found this beautiful mother of pearl watch for my mom and he wanted to buy it, but he couldn't talk to the people. So I translated for them and I was like seven. I don't have any recollection of this story that he told me. So I was like, what, really? I spoke it like that? Right, 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 right like that dang that makes me kind of sad because i wish i would have um maintained that 
knowledge, I guess, retained it a little bit better, but it's one of those things if you don't use it, especially when you're little. Right, and it's easier when you're a baby or when you're young. Right. Language is very fast. That's what everybody says. They're like, oh, when you're a kid, you can just, you soak it up. And, um, but my father said, we bought that watch and I haggled the man down. That's the story. He's, you haggled he's, at seven years yeah, old? Yeah, I, ha I haggled him down because he, he was like, he knew what we were talking about money. And I was like, mm, nah, you gotta, <laughs> I was like, nah. And I was like, I haggled, okay. I was haggling, I, I ain't mad at that. But yeah, I was like, man, that's a that's a cool little story. But I don't. Uh, that Masao is rough though. So what was we, rough about it? Do you just, especially at a young age, what do you remember being rough? The cold weather or just yeah, that kids but, being mean? No, it was more. There was um. So like I said, my mom used to leave me alone a lot. So she used to basically try to find anybody she could to watch me. Uh huh. So there was people that took advantage of that, and I'll. Yeah, people took advantage of. What do you mean when you say take advantage? You're saying take advantage of adults taking advantage of you or just? Um, yes. Yes. Did you ever? <laughs> no, yeah. What, whatever you feel like, you know, if, we, if it happens early, yeah. you know. So did you ever feel like, did you ever feel like you're asking yourself, why are you leaving me alone? Or did you ever feel like you don't want to tell your mom because... Did you ever feel like she wasn't going to believe you or? No, no, it wasn't even like that. Actually, for me, it was like, I didn't think anything was wrong. I didn't realize things were wrong until I was much older. Okay. Um, I didn't, I thought, um, uh, I thought we were playing games. Mm. Like that's the guys that, that this, this, these people used, um, on me and it was crazy because okay so it was two separate people that I'll just say molested me when I was a little girl um one was a teen girl who used to babysit me and spent a lot of time at my house and I spent a lot of time at her house because she was okay. like 16 or 17 I want to say but she um I'm pretty sure she was a lesbian and she just was feeling no no I, I i found her on facebook like a year oh, ago okay. actually. sent her a message and she's in a, a less a relationship and i'm pretty sure she was just going through different feelings and exploring those things and didn't know because she was not a grown grown person got it but she was still definitely um the authority figure yeah, she was inappropriate Right. It was definitely inappropriate things that she used to do, but it was under the guise of like, this is a game and I'm your friend and I'm, you know, this is fun. And okay. so I didn't really see anything wrong with it. And the other person, um, actually the, the young, the girl that, that happened with her family PCS. So then this other young lady, she was married, I believe to an airman and had custody of her brother who was like 18 or 19. And he actually, um, touch me as well when she used to watch me um Jesus. yeah it wasn't great but that I kind of felt was wrong right because he was a boy so in my brain it was like well this is a game I'm not supposed to play I don't you know what I mean it was weird and I remember that making me feel weird and I said something to my mo my mother about it and it was I, I can't remember exactly how that all went because that was a long time ago um but I, I, I think I said something to her and that lady didn't just didn't watch me no more. But do you, so this is like the age of six, like six, seven? Yeah, six, seven. Mm -hmm. 
do you ever wonder like where your brother is or you just don't understand or does this person know your brother how does how does my question is how do these teenagers start watching you um well my like i said my brother really didn't um have a um good like, he didn't really have like a close loving kind of relationship um and so when he was there it wasn't I don't think, I think he, I think my mother would be trying to give him a break because he used to watch me a lot. So she'd be trying to give him breaks or like, it's not his job to watch me. I'm not his child and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but then he ended up, he got, he got barred from base within the first year that we were there. So I was probably like maybe seven when he left. So after that, it was like. Pretty much on your own, pretty much. Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. So do you ever. Do you ever tell your parents or do you not say anything? Because sometimes um, of like younger kids, they go through shock. Mm-hmm. Did you go through that phase of just like, oh, this is just fun. This is, this is what's supposed to happen. Or you're just like, when do you get to the point where you're just like, this is not right at all? Um, it didn't, they, they, it didn't go on that long for, for me to be like, dang, this, I should say something about it. Like while it was happening, it was right. the, the boy that did it was like two times. And then the girl, she, like I said, she ended up moving. So it was like very um, brief as far as I remember. I did say something to my mother. I said something to her when I was like 15 or 16. Oh, wow. And she kind of like brushed me off. Like she didn't want to like have that conversation then. And then I told her again, we had a, I had a, we had a serious sit down conversation again when I was like 12. 28 or something <laughs> I was like girl like this was a few years ago right. and she I don't know I like she was receptive this time the last time and we had a very good conversation but I I, I think she um I think she was confused why I didn't say anything yeah. but it was a different time right. and like my kids know and understand when someone's touching their private parts got it what that means and what's going on right so and but we never had those conversations when i was little so i never nobody ever told me if somebody's touching you under your clothes don't let them do that <laughs> nobody ever said that to me so right. um I think it just had a lot to do more with um, her being from like a different time and um, just not really. It could be embarrassment as well, you know. Sometimes right, like, like, I, you know, about, like not knowing how to process this stuff or how to, what do we like, I'm sure it was a lot of things for her and maybe I'll have that conversation with her one of these days. That's a, that's a good, uh, right. <laughs> That's a good thing to bring. I like bringing up stressful stuff. I'll be like, come on, let's talk and cry about it. Well, stuff. sometimes we don't, sometimes, sometimes different traumas, we kind of like block things, we block certain things out and then you right. sit down and realize like, no, this wasn't right. This is right. supposed to be happening and stuff like that. Right. I think it was that. So it was like, I think that was when, so the first time I told her, I think it was because I was starting to like be sexual and sexually attracted to boys, like in that way where I was like, I want to kiss and I want to do stuff. Right. And I think I was like, dang, that shit was, they should have did that. <laughs> like that, yeah, like that, you know what I mean? Like that, when I was like, okay, I'm 15, 16 now. Okay. So yeah, that shouldn't have been happening to me. Right. And um, I think it was that. 
And then when I was older, older, I had had all kinds of like dialogues with myself, well, not monologues, with myself and, and just doing a lot of uh, inventory and just trying to process and deal with my own things and figure out what does that, what does that mean for me now? So, all right, so you're, you're seven, eight, you're going through this traumatic experience and you don't really tell anybody. You're keeping it to yourself pretty much. Mm -hmm. And so what happens when you feel like, do you feel like when you leave, do you feel like since it doesn't happen that long that it's over? Yes. So it's like, oh, it's, it's done. Yeah. And then, um, honestly, I think subconsciously too, anytime I'm in a situation after that where I think it might happen, I'm like, ah, like I'm red flag. I'm uh, like, it's net. Nobody gets to touch me again unless I tell you you can. And that's literally now that I'm think like that, that, that was very, even when like other boys, like my age would try to kiss me or like me or whatever. I was like, ah, nah, mm -hmm. I don't like it. Um, so yeah, that probably, that probably had something to do with that. I wasn't, um, did you ever wonder, did you ever wonder like why you weren't living with your dad at the time or did you just? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did. I said, I really wanted to live with them too. Cause especially cause when you have one parent that's there and one parent that's not the one parent that's not is super fun. Right. Mm, okay. You know what I mean? Like daddy was lit. Daddy comes around. It's lit. Like we going, I'm, I'm riding on his shoulders. He let me sit in his lap. We drive in the car. Uh, he go buy all the candy. We buy out the grocery store, get all the candy. He let me pick the movies when we go rent movies. Like daddy time is lit, you know? So I think, so I, yeah, I definitely would be like, mom, why can't I? And she was like, I'm now, now that I know it's just my father wasn't uh, responsible enough to. Are you the only girl? Mm -mm. But you're the baby girl. Mm -hmm. So it's probably. I'm so, my mother's only girl. Okay. So that's probably why. So. Mm -hmm. You leave Masao. What do you make any more friends in Masao? So this is just no. do you did you rate the Masao experience just like you didn't like it at all? No, I love Masao. I didn't um, I didn't put like I still don't do that. Um, I loved Japan in general. Like everything about Japan makes me happy. It really, really does. And I understood the culture. I understood the language at the time. Um, I just loved the food. Everything I could think about. I didn't really like the people, but I didn't put it, I didn't put those. You associate everything. Right. I didn't like, I was like, Oh, I love Japan. I didn't like that little girl or what, like, it was more like that for me, but like, I didn't like this experience or that experience, but I love Japan. We used to go to the festivals. We used to go, we went to Disney all the time. It was lit. I love Japan. <laughs> but when, when do you start making friends? First where you said the girls are mean to you, but when does it, when do you start, when do things start turning around where you I didn't start, Yeah. I didn't start making friends and, um, in school until we moved to Panama. So that whole, so the whole three years in Misawa, you really just, just kicked it with older people. Yeah, I was either with my mother or I was like, after a certain point, um, after those first like two years in Misawa, that's why I said I spent a lot of time alone. Uh, I think my mother took cue of me being like, yeah, that boy was touching me and I didn't like that. And being like, okay, so you need to stay home. I can't have anybody watch you. God, okay. So I was just be she would be like, don't look. Then we started having codes. Like if I if I call the phone will ring twice, then I'm gonna hang up and call back, and that's what you answer. And it, <laughs> 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 or, or or then we got an answer machine, and she's like, Brandy, get up, pick up. 
up. I'm like, okay. Like that's like if somebody comes to the door, you don't answer the door. You keep the lights off. You can watch. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't. So nobody like all of these things. Like that's um, when I wasn't in school, obviously. So like after school and um, summertime. But uh, yeah. So I, I just that after that, I was probably yeah about eight years old, and I would just be alone. I would just be at home alone, and I would my mom gave me a key. I would come in and I would make bologna sandwiches or. <laughs> And that was it. And we moved from Masaul to Panama. So where in Panama do you go? So this is where we're like 11, no, 10, seven. Yeah, I'm like, um, so I was four, five, six. I was, we might've been in, cause I think we got, I think I was eight when we got to Panama. Are you in like so Panama, the country or Panama City, Florida? No, Panama, the country, Panama. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were at um, Howard Air Force Base. It's shut down now, but it was Howard Air Force Base back then, um, right on the canal. And Panama was amazing. It was the best. It was the best. Because um, these are your preteen years. So what? So walk yeah. us through. Like, do you remember like you first touched down on the base? What is that like? Because I remember different. the first day we got to Panama, and it was hot. Like it was so different than Masawa. Like hot like like I'm pretty sure we had on like winter coats and shit and it was like um 97 degrees 100 percent humidity like hot right? right right and I remember getting off the I remember just it was people everywhere right I, I don't remember where we were but we were looking for the bus that would take us from the airport to the base and it was just people everywhere and there were these buses that had like painting on them, like graffiti, and they were beautifully painted. And they would call them party buses. And there were just tons of them and just so many people. And just people honking. It was so different than Japan. Like just people honking and pushing each other and yelling. And it's so, and I just remember being hot and crazy <laughs> when we got there. Um, but yeah, no, I love Panama. We had, we had a, a two coconut trees in our front yard. I used to climb in a mango tree and sit in a mango tree most of like in the day and eat mangoes we had pineapples growing in our yard does um, your brother come back or your brother's still gone my brother stays gone my brother nobody ever comes back <laughs> that sounded more oh, no, he just didn't move back <laughs> in he just didn't move back in my brother stays gone mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah because at this point because he moved out when he was 17 so at this point he's like 20 and he's gone yeah he's gone so um, we. So this yeah. is like your fourth. You're getting fourth grade. So what is that? Is this yeah. experience different? Do you like make more friends? Because a lot of people in Panama are a whole lot darker. Yes, I made a lot of friends. Um, I had a lot of friends. I'm just like Panama was dope. It was just a great experience. Um, I had friends like all down my street. One of my best, like you know, like we just go outside and play all in the road. And it was just, it was so, it was so many more kids than in Masawa. Like, I don't know if that was true or not, but from my memories, it, it wasn't a lot of kids that I played with in Masawa, but in Panama, I would just go outside and it would be just like 30 kids in the street and we just playing soccer or tag or whatever. We just playing, right? And um, I actually remember one of my really good friends, I met this girl, Becky. And she was older than me because she had been left back like twice, right? 
and she was a white girl and she had like the t-boss haircut yeah and i remember that was like that was it for me i was like oh that bitch cool oh <laughs> why i gotta be best friends with her she's so cool but yeah she was a couple years older than me but she was um hold on there's somebody at my front door uh but she was um a lot older than me and she used to um <laughs> she used to steal and she taught me how to steal okay <laughs> just tell you i'll just say it flat out she taught me how to steal so one thing we used to do we used to get our jan sport backpacks and we would rollerblade up to the burger king okay i'm taking y'all back i'm giving y'all a time period okay <laughs> rollerblade to a burger king <laughs> and we would roll the blade up to the Burger King and we would get water cups and we would put salt in the water and we would okay. mix the salt water and we would take it to vending machines and if you spit that water in the coin slot, it'll make the vending machine malfunction and it'll give you all the quarters out of the machine and it'll give you all the sodas out of the machine. Okay. So we used to go through and go to like six vending machines and then we'd take all of them quarters and we'd just go to the arcades. We would... <laughs> give our friends all like a whole bunch of soda we would just have backpacks full of sodas it was weird it was just a weird kid thing that we were like i got ten dollars and quarters what well, would be like oh, well how old is she you're like you're 10 so she's what 13 yeah. yeah i'm like nine or ten she's like yeah 12 13 oh so she's probably you're like her little protege Yes, and actually, when we got caught, she said I made her do all of that. Stuff. Nah, <laughs> that's what she tried to say. But then everybody was like, "So you let a ten-year-old told you how to you stand? let a ten-year-old girl tell you what to do?" And then they ended up being like, "Nah." So it was whatever. It was one of those. We couldn't be friends somewhere after that. <laughs> was that was that was she the first person you ever met? No, she wasn't. Um, I can't remember the first person I really met in Panama, um, but I did have a best friend in Panama and she was our maid again another lady that took care of me um her name was Alicia okay and she took care of me for I don't know two years uh-huh and she was my best friend she was my best friend in the world she was just everything did you ever notice all your friends are just old people? Mm -hmm. Do you think you just had an old soul being like the, the baby or what, what gravitated you at that time to being around old, old people because your mom wasn't working a lot? I think, I think it was that, mm -hmm. but um, I also think just because the way that my mother kind of raised me, I always had my own mind and I kind of always had like opinions about stuff. And um she didn't, like my mother didn't really talk to me about stuff, but she didn't shelter me from stuff either, if that makes any sense. Like I could watch rated R movies from the time I was lit, like six, seven, eight, nine, I could watch rated R movies, but she didn't really tell me like about things. Like if I was to be like, mom, what is sex? She would have been like, nah, don't, don't ask me that. Go look it up in the encyclopedia or something. That's what she would have told me. <laughs> and I'd be like, but what about feelings? Don't worry about that. <laughs> Do you ever look back and realize it's because you were her first girl? So she's made probably nervous about it? Um, I mean, yes and no. I look back on it and think it had a lot to do with, I'm, so, I'm sure several things. One, nobody can uh, tell you how, how 
extremely difficult parenting is. Nobody mm. can express how much these these people will come at you and you'd be like, oh shit, I don't even. Right, right, oh, right. Oh my God, right. It's like, it's really the most daunting task is the, 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 the realization that you have to raise this human person, right? And, and try not to ruin them and break them and then try to nourish and encourage. It's, 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 it's very stressful to think about somebody's entire well-being for a period of time is all on you. It's everything is you, right? So I'm sure as, as, as humans do, things fall through the cracks. You can't be, we are, we are not omnipotent. Like you can't just do, you can't do everything, right? And so I think it was that she just didn't know how to, and, it, and my mother's, if you ask my mother, she would say, I, she told me about sex and life and, and intimacy and things like that way more than her mother spoke to her. Mm. But in my mind, you didn't tell me anything. So like anything of use, really. What are you doing? Okay. Go on, please. Is that your firstborn? That is my middle baby. Do you think sometimes I, I, me and my brother find myself doing this. We start, we analyze our parents, how they raise us and they're raising us the way they thought what can happen. But we were a completely different generation of people like millennials. We actually had technology. We actually yes. could we actually, when we talk back to our parents, we actually made sense. So we actually yeah. had real opinions because mm -hmm. in their time, you know, you didn't say anything, but like, we actually think about stuff and have right. like good opinions. That right. And it's like, like I, I don't know if I was unique in that way because I didn't feel like I was unique, but I, I always had an opinion. I always was like, mm. <laughs> I didn't maybe share it as free. Like, I think the generation, the, the, the younger babies coming up are probably more like, ah, let me tell you about how I feel. I didn't always share it, but I felt it. I felt a way and I would be like, mm, I don't, I don't, or whatever. Right. I would be like, hmm, I feel a way about this. And I've, I, I always was like that, always was like that. But um, so how yeah, long? I, I think I did. I think I did gravitate to older women because um, unfortunately, and I don't mean to say this in any way that's disparaging of my mother, but she just wasn't around. And she just, and also my mother isn't the kind of person that would like kiss my boo-boos or like um, tuck you me in. Tough. You needed the alternate. Your dad was the alternate. Yeah. Your yeah, mom was the I needed. The, both of those my, okay. me and my husband were actually just talking about that the other day because him and I are yin and yang in that way especially when parenting if I'm on 10 he's like oh let me nice let me nice dad this and if he's on 10 I'm like oh honey mommy's it's fine and we literally do that and I and we it's automatic almost because you have to have the dynamic a balance a balance right you have to have a different uh because even sometimes even if we're both angry mm -hmm. Well, one of us will recognize we can't do that. You know, we can be upset, but we can't both be on the ah, 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 with the kids. With someone, somebody has to fall back, and and somebody and has to be a good balance. And because I'm not, when it comes to parenting, actually I am. I'm fun, but I, I like you got to do what you're supposed to do. You right. have to be on this and stuff. And my husband is just fun. He's just a nicer guy. He like he's more everything's fine and laid back and I'm like ah we gotta be here at five y'all supposed, ah, supposed to get why you ain't brush these teeth what these shoes right here for uh-uh did you do your homework I didn't hear no reading what see I'm that person and he's like let's just watch a movie it's okay we don't gotta do everything today 
So that is what I think I needed um, as a child that I didn't really get, uh, at least not in the way of like traditionally. I might've gotten it a little bit during my time with Alicia, which is why I look back on it so fondly because she was the nurturing person to my mother's like strict disciplinarian person. Who's Alicia? So, Who's that? Hmm. Alicia, the lady that took care of me in Panama. Okay, okay, the one in Panama. Mm-hmm. Did she yes. speak fluent Spanish with you? Was she on the base or was she like a local? She was a local. And actually, the reason, so yeah, well, yeah, she you was local. were speaking three different languages by the age yeah, of Yeah, yeah, yeah. She spoke Spanish to me. And actually, I, that's when I dropped Japanese, is because she started, we would speak Spanish most of the time. And um, yeah, and Spanish was way easier than Japanese as well, because I don't have to learn characters about that. Like, these are all the same letters. You know what I'm saying? An exclamation point is a period, you know, it's this, it's pretty similar. Some of these words even sound the same. Okay, like it's, it's, it, it was a, it was a better fit. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, um, so did yeah, she have kids? Did she have a whole bunch of kids or was she just? She had, from my memory, she had three children. Actually, that was the reason um, she stopped taking care of me. My mother fired her because she used to, so in Panama, it's uh, essentially a third world country. Actually, I haven't been there in 20 no, years. No, it is we were third there. world or second world. I don't know yeah. what second world is, but probably third. But second yeah, world. not, <laughs> right. I don't know what second world is, but it's like medium, medium world or something, right? right? So it was a, it was a third world country and she basically lived in like a, a shack that had a dirt floor and that was like, um, I don't know, three or four miles from our, cause we lived off base for most of the time that we were in Panama. Um, and she lived like three or four miles from our apartment. And sometimes I, like, especially during the summer when I would be home from school, she would, we would walk or take the bus to her home and I would spend the day with her and her kids at her house. Mm-hmm. And my mother didn't like that. My mother was like, I'm paying you, you need to be here um, watching my baby and, and, and Alicia still had to watch her own children. And uh, my, my mother, yeah, she didn't like that. So she ended up firing her because she would take me to the bad part of town. What did you, when, especially been there, well, people probably thought you were Panamanian when you came over there. Mm-hmm, 100%. How old 100%. were her kids? Her kids were around the same age, but she had a daughter that was a little bit older than me. And she had two sons that were, one was, one was a lot younger than me, so like three or four. And then she had one that was like my, like closer to my age. So maybe I was, I don't know, let's say I was nine. So he might've been like seven or eight or something like that. So you're but, probably, um, you probably mother didn't probably didn't realize how much culture you were getting being inside that household. Oh no, she didn't at all. She just was afraid and she, um, but that's a lot, especially being a single woman in the military. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't know how tough it is, especially as a black woman. So she was probably yeah. microaggression that she was feeling that she probably couldn't express and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's another thing I think back on a lot. Cause as a child, children see all kinds of things. And I used to see my mother going into like depressions. Mm-hmm. I used to see my mother crying or upset. And I would ask her what's wrong and she would say nothing, I'm fine. And she would be like, oh, you know, get gone, go outside or whatever, right? 
Um, Black people, go outside. Right, go outside and play. Leave me alone. Right. Stay out of my business. Like, <laughs> and um, as an adult now, I, I I just see that as like she really was alone mm-hmm. and struggling through just like just general life, but it's hard. It's I can't imagine. Did she ever date at all? Do you remember dating or no? Not when you were younger? Yes. Well, so when I was, when we were in Masawa, she dated a little bit, but she didn't go, she used to go out with her friends from time to time, but I never, she never brought no, no men around me. When we moved to Panama, she brought her first boyfriend around me. And when I tell you, I wanted this man to be my father. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay, so let me tell you, so let me tell you, we, his name was Dwayne. He was a few years younger than my mother. And I remember her talking about that, like in general to her friends. And I remember commenting as a child and being like, well, that doesn't, that's not, that doesn't mean you can't like, he's still not. And she was like, shut up and get out of my business. So, <laughs> but I remember he was the, just the nicest man. Right. And also this is a time when I really, this is actually, she started dating him right after she fired Alicia. So I was alone again in my, in my right I'm alone and she starts dating this guy who comes around and brings presents for me and like takes me to the park and doesn't hate spending time with me and is nice he used to take me he took me school shopping and all this other stuff I remember he took me to the BX one time and he was tall and light-skinned and he had like similar color eyes as mine right and uh we was in the BX and somebody said, oh, my God, your little girl, your daughter is so beautiful. Your daughter is so pretty. Y'all look just alike. And my heart exploded in my chest. Oh, it's my dad. Please be my dad. <laughs> Daddy. And I was just like, Ugh. and he goes, oh, she's not my daughter. She's this is my girlfriend's daughter. And I and I, I, I was like eviscerate. And then he didn't say anything wrong. I mean, he was telling you. But I was like, oh. No, yeah, so I, that was like one of the first, that's our only boyfriend that I even really ever liked. Do you think it was like that because, did you have a lot of friends that have two parent households or were you ever just wondering why you were the one with one? Yeah, 100%, 100%. Um, actually, it t- I didn't have a friend that didn't have another parent. I was probably, yeah, I was like fifth grade um, and I met this girl that lived up the road from me um named Candace and actually our mothers looked alike our mothers look like they could have been sisters like mm-hmm. black women that are that look like Gina from Martin and that's I mean that's what they both look like like freckles and and red hair and and Creole like, people yeah 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 so um so my mother and, and her mother used to hang out so we used to kick it and stuff and no she was the only person I knew that didn't have um both her parents um, in the house. So yeah, yeah, I think it did bother me. Um, But my mother ended up breaking up with Dwayne because he got, he got an article 15 for something. I can't remember, because I was little. But um, yeah, he got an article 15 for something. I think he might've got kicked out of the military. I can't remember. Um, But my mom was like, no, I'm, I'm, my mom was, at that point in her life, she was like, I got an Air Force so hard that nobody can deny me, right? So okay. she was like, oh, I can't even fool with you no more. And it was like, it was 
not even, I don't think it was even a question for her. I think it was like, oh, that's what you do? Oh, <laughs> all right, <laughs> take care. <laughs> I do think you, that's the energy. Do you remember the pride of like seeing your mom get promoted? Like when, what, so you're like set, you're, this is, so Panama, you're like 10 or 11. Do you remember her like getting stripes? Do you ever see her getting happy about stuff? So I remember when she got promoted to master sergeant, right? I believe I was in the fourth or the fifth grade. And I remember that was a big deal, right? And I remember there was a, she had a ceremony and I got to punch her, which is always dope to be able to punch your mom a little. Right, right. right. <laughs> so I got to play and I remember um, they asked me to speak and I remember being like, uh, I said something like, um, mom, you're just the best mom and I love, like, you know, just kid stuff. And um, yeah, I remember that. And then I, not long after that, my mother, made a drastic military career shift from um, she was in supply most of the time to being a first sergeant. So she became a shirt and she went um, from supply to uh, security forces as their first sergeant. And um, I think for her, she really liked to help military people, especially um black people obviously because it's hard right. and the only real way i think for my mother to affect change was to get in mm. in her and also my mother so in masawa and also in panama but especially in masawa my mother was going through radical uh political and religious changes so the for the three and a half four years that we lived in masawa my mother converted religion like three times. What did she do? Did she went for like Buddhist or? We went Christian, Muslim, Buddhist. And within four years? Mm-hmm. Golly. Mm-hmm. My mother um, put on several, uh, my mother used to put on events, okay? So overseas, oh, I think I knocked my camera a little. Um, overseas, there's not a lot of stuff, right? Um, so you got to do stuff. You got to put on a talent show. You got to put on a poetry slam. You got to put on, a, my mom would, would do um, the Black History Month um, pageants on Masawa where we would dress up in kente cloth and do the African drums and would be out here dancing and singing. We used to do, I used to do poetry and stuff as a little, like, I think I was like, um, nine or ten when I first memorized and still I rise by Maya Angelou so that I could recite it at one of my mother's Black Panther pageant or maybe a uh, Black Panther excuse me Black yeah. history pageants <laughs> so but my mother was very um like we used to listen to Farrakhan and we used to read the the Broward papers and and she used to really my mother's best thing that she did for me was teach me to think and not just listen. Like you should listen, but you also have to process, think yourself, you know? She was kind of growing up with you. How, how young was she had you? She was 28 when she had me, but oh, I she wasn't like, that. No, she wasn't that young, but she had my brothers really young. She had my brother, my oldest brother when she was 18 or no, 17. And then she had my second, my middle, the middle, my middle, brother when she was like 2021 
and my my middle brother what is not and was not ever was for the bullshit so when mm. my mom was doing that bullshit he called his dad and was like come get me oh wow and he was like five he called his father collect and this is a real true story he called collect yeah because he saw a commercial he said he saw a commercial when he that told him it. how to do it and he called his daddy and said come get me because my father so okay my father and my mother were married um but we we don't have the same father as my brothers um and my father was mean to my brother so my brother was like i'm out <laughs> like so okay, okay. and yeah so anyways um uh-oh what was that no 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 i'm saying that's 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 very unique that he he had two kids and she had two kids and they got together mm-hmm so yeah, that's a lot. It's like the Brady yeah. Bunch a little bit. It was. It was. Like Brady Bunch. Um, it could have worked out. <laughs> but you know, it could have, well, it did. But um, yeah, my mother was very um I think she was looking for something. I think she was trying to figure out the best way to be a better person, if that makes any sense. It's kind of um, crazy how when we get to their age, we understand their process more, mm-hmm. you know? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And we're like, yeah, um, I wonder what they were doing at our age until you think back like, oh, this is probably what they were going through. This is probably what you, oh my bad. I didn't see that. Yeah. hundred percent. So she, so by the time we got to um, Panama, my mother was very strongly pro-black that could be scary Um, to some people yes and she realized that right Mm -hmm. and my mother's way was not my mother's way is not my way my way is to like be in your face ah here this let me tell you about it let me tell you right my mother's way isn't that my mother's way is um more stealthy i don't know how to describe it she just really i think she really thought that she could affect change and i think she did in in her in her way affect more change um by showing them through leadership right and through leadership and showing people this is what i'm this is what i'm capable of you can't outsmart me you can't outwork me you can't out hustle me you can't out whatever whatever you think me i'm gonna be the best and that's who my mother is so when we got to panama that became her focus i think because she started to see there was just certain there was just certain like if you can't get at the table to be a part of the conversation you can't do anything right and so it was just a certain level of like i just need to get at the table and i just need to be a part of the conversation so that i can do something how does that change you though? Because you see your mother, now she starts getting into the leadership role. How does it change you? Because especially in the military, when your parents get an elevation, that's when the friends start changing. Mm-hmm. You Fact. start getting into a whole new circle of people. I, when, when I was young, it wasn't that. As I got older, I kind of resented it though. Um, I resented the mission being more important than me. You know, okay. I resented... Uh, to me, in my eyes, especially at that age. Now we're talking about, we talking about. Yeah, we're like twelve right now. This is yeah, we're, we're 10, 12, 12. Real old Brandy. 
I was like, I was like, why are you selling out? Why are you selling out? Yeah. That was why I was like, why are you shucking and jiving for these people? Like, I remember this is like my mother. We used to watch um, Roots and then we would immediately watch Gone with the Wind. And my mother would say, now what's different? Tell me how these films differ. These are the same time periods. Tell me how these films are different. Okay. And because she wanted me, I think she wanted me to think and process how white people saw black experiences and how black people experienced them, right? Got it. So when I started to get older, this is she had taught me all of this, and I started to get older. I'm like, why are you? <laughs> why are you? F working. People? Yeah, and and I remember on more than one occasion of her being like, yeah, some some white dude said something racist to me. Actually, there was a really um, um, pivotal moment in my young life, and this was in Panama. I was in the fifth grade. And there was this cute little boy who I had a huge crush on. And he looked like Jonathan Taylor Thomas to me. And so I was in love, okay? <laughs> I was in love with him. He was going to be my husband, okay? So I sent, as, as a little girl does, I sent him a note that said, do you like me? <laughs> yes or no? And him and his friends chased me home from school and called me the N-word and threw rocks at me. This is in Panama? Yes. Jeez, Louise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had I had never, I had heard the N-word, but I didn't think, I don't know, my brain, I don't know. I just, So I went home, I was like, mom, what's a nigger? Like, what is that? Them boys called me that and they were throwing rocks at me. And she was like, who said what? And she was first sergeant, Bo, at this time. So she went all through it and, um, I think the time when it started to kind of um, the military started to change her and break her was when that happened and they didn't, they didn't do anything to that man. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't punish his son. They didn't punish him. Like he didn't get a, a, a letter of reprimand. A, he didn't, he, he didn't get a nothing. <laughs> he didn't get a counseling. He didn't get nothing. Right. Um, and my mother was like, well, y'all think that he, this little boy just said nigger for no reason? Yeah, he got it from somewhere. Right. And this, this was also a time where it wasn't like the, the internet was like that, where we were like going on the internet and watching YouTube. It wasn't like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So where, where does he hear that word and, and, thinks, and then knows to call a little black girl that? Where? So what does your mom tell you? Well, she goes, does she tell you what a nigger is? Does she say that? No. She goes, who said that to you? And then I told her, so she goes to the school and then she does that and that. I, she didn't really even talk to me about it. She just told me, stay away from him, right? And I was like, oh, well, I was gonna cause he threw rocks at me. I don't, right. <laughs> I don't like regardless of what he called me, he threw rocks at me. What? I don't like that. So um, yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember her really telling or explaining she might have she might have it just could be a, a a hole in my memory but i don't remember her really explaining it to me it was i was more like her going into action as opposed to being like let's talk about this and and how you feel about something and you know and you guys are listening um, to farrakhan so i'm pretty sure farrakhan explained it already yeah that's what i'm saying like i don't think I, like i had heard it 
-hmm. And that's why when I asked her, I don't know. I think I knew the answer. I just wanted to. Confirmation. Right. I think I was like, what is this what I think it is? Because I don't, you know, what's that really mean? Right. And also I had never been called that. So hearing a word and being called it is, is kind of, I don't know, in my brain as a young, I don't know. But um, that was, and I remember um, seeing a difference in her after that, because I think she knew, like, for real, for real, when the chips are down, she can't, even, even if you're at the table, you can't do anything. Mm. I think that, and then I, uh, as time went on, she went right and I went more left. So <laughs> left is in like what left is in like the rebellion. Yeah. Okay. Politically rebellion and all of that. So after Panama, I uh, lived with my father briefly. Um, so you go to Korea or where's he at? Where's dad at? Dad's in, uh, she moves around. He's in South Carolina first at Charleston. And then he's at Nellis later, like a year later. So what's um, it like when you finally get to your dad? Are you a whole lot happy? You're thinking like it's going to be rainbows and butterflies and cotton candy because you're the spoiled one. So I remember my mother took me to South Carolina because my father wouldn't answer her phone calls no more. <laughs> okay. And brought me to his house. And, or she called him when we like landed and said, we in the airport. And so he came to the airport and got us or whatever. We went to his house and the car ride. I remember him being like, you, why would you just show up here like that? Mm. Why would you show up here? And she was like, no, just come on. Let's just go to the house. I'm tired. I've been on the, she's like, I don't want to, I don't want to talk. I'm trying. Right. So we get to the house. And my father's wife is there. Oh. <laughs> so, um, so then the the whole arguments and discussions and raising of voices and cussing happens between these three grown people, two of which I know, one of which is a stranger. Okay. And um, then I re- I distinctly remember this because it was a moment in my life where I started to have issues with my own self-worth so my father and my mother argued a, like just the nastiest argument about who had to take oh you got to take her i can't do this no i'm not doing this you need to take her ass i'm not doing this you need to take you have to do something sometimes well i got shit going on and i can't do this and, and this whole and i'm like right in front of them watching Y'all, I can't, I can hear you. <laughs> I wonder like how they 12, remember like, it. You're like huh? 12. You're 12 at the time, correct? Yeah, I'm like, I'm like 10. But that still is big. I was fifth grade. I was in the fifth grade and that was, I went there for one summer and then I went back to Panama. But and you're conscious of what's going on. You just look like nobody wants me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very much so. And it was the first time and I was like, oh, I don't like this. And after that, I saw my father different. You saw your father get what? I saw him differently. Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw him, yeah. Because my whole life before that, when daddy comes, it's dope. Mm -hmm. When daddy comes, daddy, 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 right? So you don't want me? And that's how I was like, oh, well then, and I'm the type of person, 
you don't look and i've always been like this it's a real problem if you don't like me that is fine i will never we don't have to deal with each other so as soon as i figured so as soon as in my mind i was like neither one of these folks really fool with me so i'm I don't fuck with y'all. Stepmom. What is stepmom like? Was she nice to you or is she just Um, she's tolerant of me. Cause this is her first time meeting. Did she say like hi or Yeah. Actually I found out later I had met her in Korea, but I was so young I don't remember. Oh. They had dated in Korea and then they actually got married when they uh left Korea. But um yeah, I had met her and I don't I don't have any re- recollection of that and I damn sure didn't get an invitation to nobody's wedding. So <laughs> no flower girl invite right nothing 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 that's why he's like this is my wife i was like yo what since when and also i think in my mind as a young child because like i said when we lived in japan my father used to take a hop so he would be at my at my house like once every three months just you know on a hop and even if he only stayed for a couple of days because it was like an hour two hour flight and um uh i always they used to have sex that's why and they used to sleep in the bed together they used to (laughs) they used to sleep in the bed together so i used to think they would get back together one day i really thought they would work it out and i also put a lot of that pressure on myself like if i did enough or if i was this or that or the other thing they would work it out and they would be together and it just never really happened, obviously. And then when my dad got married, it was over. You know what I mean? Like, even though that's not how marriage works and marriages end or whatever, but I was like, oh, it's never going to happen now. And all my dreams have been ruined because of this woman, right? <laughs> but she's a nice lady, but she was even, um, so yeah, I went to visit. That was the first time I lived with my father. I visited him that summer. I went back to Panama with my mother. Um, then the next summer my father had moved to no it wasn't that next summer it was maybe a year or two because i was 12 the next time i saw him and uh he had moved to las vegas hey yeah nellis so um after that it became kind of a when i turned 12 i stayed with him that summer and after that it became kind of a regular thing where i would go for the summers um and then i lived with him for a year because my mother um she deployed somewhere he was deployed to uh saudi arabia so how was that how was that when uh so when your mom's deployed you're living with your dad what's that like good and bad my father is a complete so the worst thing about it is because it's i think as parents you don't really think about what kids are going through right um so for me, it was very emotional and sad. My mother was gone and I was afraid for her because I could see the news and things are going kablooey in Saudi Arabia. And um, she was going to be gone a year. It wasn't no TDY. She had been TDY before and stuff like that. It wasn't that. It was She was gone, right? And um, I don't think my father ever thought about letting me adjust. Mm. to um that reality or any anything really because it was like the day I got there my father had a list of chores that I was to complete every day by 4 p.m um I think it was within the first week of me being there that he took my door off my hinges because he said I kept my door closed too much um he would put a padlock on my 
plug of my TV, so I couldn't plug it in unless he was there so he could monitor what I was watching. <laughs> and so it was a very, it was very different because my mother let me do, basically, I was alone. I was nice. basically at that point not raising myself because my mom was around, but it was, I was alone from whenever I would get out of school until whenever she would get home from work. And I was alone if I was with her during the summers or like spring break, Christmas, all that shit, I was alone. So. So these are polar different parenting styles. Yes. You get from authoritative to, so do you rebel a little bit when he's talking to you or are you happy that your siblings are there? No, there's no siblings. Oh, so you're alone again. I'm alone. It's just me, my dad, my stepmom, and their dogs. Um, my father's kids all live with their mothers. Okay. Um, so, yeah, actually, the first time I really remember spending a good amount of time with my dad's kids was the summer that I went to visit him when I was 12. And um, it was weird because I hated it. I hated having siblings. They just beat me up. That's all they did. All they did was all they did was hit me. Every time I said something, they slapped me and hit me and pinched me and put. I remember my. We, they made me sit in the middle seat anytime we went anywhere in the car, and they would just punch me in my arms, and I would just be sitting there, and they would just punch me the whole ride, and I would start crying, and then they, my dad be like, "Stop punching her," and then they'd be like, "Stop crying," you better not cry. and I'd be like, oh, God, "I better not cry." That's all they did to me. Right. <laughs> That's all I really remember. They just beat me up. And um, I so think it was kind of grew up as an only child, technically. Yeah, like oh, 100%. You really. 100%. I was the only. That's why I say, like, I had very limited experience of having siblings in my house. I was the only child with siblings. I was just the only child. I got, I got brothers and sisters. I'm just the only child. <laughs> but um, yeah, they, uh, they, they were just mean. And I think, so for them, it was different because they both have siblings. Mm -hmm. So they grew up where when they came to daddy's house, it was less people here. Okay. They grew, lived in houses where my sister has like five siblings. My brother has like three siblings, I think. So when they, it was like, oh, it's only three of us. This is nice. <laughs> this is their dad's house. Right. And um, yeah, but I, I just, I did not like it. I ain't like that shit. They was just hidden. They was just mean to me. That's all. Like, and I would ask them stuff and they would just be like, you're stupid. I'd be like, what? Uh, okay. <laughs> so like you've been, it's like a theme that throughout your life you felt alone. So when, yeah, so when you bit. guys leave Panama, where do you guys go after that? So we go from Panama. My mother gets stationed in Warner Robins, Georgia, Georgia. which is where I live now. What's that like being in the South? Because you're technically a teenager, right? You're like 12. Oh, so like I was, uh, when we got to, when we got to Warner Robins, I was 13. Yeah, so and you're a teenager. And then I went like back and forth between my father and my mother after that. So I would do, so it's actually crazy. I was in middle school is three years. I spent a different year. I was in a different school every year of middle school because I moved back and forth with, between my parents. All What's that like? What's that like? the adjustment do you feel like you're at the point now since you moved around so fast you can make friends easily or is yes. it the same thing i'm a beast i'm, a, I'm all here i'm social butterfly you know what i'm saying like soon as i soon as i touch down i'm hi what's up we're making friends i'm going i'm making so many friends i'm um like at this point i've learned that if you are smiling and you are nice everybody likes you 
right? Mm. And it becomes a thing in my brain to just smile and be nice and everybody will like you. And so that's just the, that's, that's the motto. And that's how I move. I'm just as nice as I can be to everybody and just try to try to adapt. Yeah. yeah like try to try to adapt because it's different. It's and also it's completely different being in a public school in Las Vegas than being in like a Dodd school mm-hmm. in anywhere. <laughs> it's completely so the first um when I lived with my father, the first I don't know, it was pretty early. Uh, first few months that I was there at school, I was at Becker Middle School, and uh, I got jumped in the bathroom. Jesus. And um, the one of the girls cut my hair, and uh, I was like, "Damn, this is different." That had never, like, I had never been in a fight mm-hmm. until that point, even. So I was like, "What?" So I had to learn real quick. You gotta get with it, or you gonna get lost, right? Like you gotta get. So after that, it was just like we were fighting. We it's like it's all of that. It's all of that. You look at my boyfriend. These chicks was trying to punch you in the face and tackle you, and it's it's crazy. But public school is completely different. I think people don't understand because it, sometimes, like with military people, you're finally around people who understand you for the first mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. It's like we're all going. Was, the same yeah. thing. Parents are gone. Everything else. Yes, and I think that was another thing because it was like nobody understood me in public school. Right. Because I was like, I was like, I spoke a little bit of Japanese. I spoke pretty good Spanish. Um, People were like, where are you from? And at that point, I was like, oh, well, I was raised in Japan and then I was in in Panama. And they're like, where are you from? Um, I don't, I'm not really from. I don't know where I'm from. Yeah, like I'm not really from anywhere. And they're like, well, where do you live? And I would tell them where I live. Oh, that's the wrong side. That's the wrong side, homie. I'm like, oh shit, now I gotta fight you because of where my daddy bought a house at? Yeah, (laughs) you do. (laughs) Who teaches you how to first thump? Does your dad teach you like, hey, we gotta start learning how to fight? Or after you come home, he's like, my hair's, what's that talk like? When he's like, someone cut your hair, they beat me up in the bathroom. What does he say after that? We got a, we got a box. So he he teaches me how to fight. We got to square up. We boxing. So after that, it's, it's, and that was, so that's when I say living with my father was good and bad because my father was so different than my mother, but my father, his, his parenting style was, we are teaching you life lessons at all times. Okay. So everything I did in my father's house, he was like, no, let's teach you. Let's teach you. Let's teach you. So I remember one time I made tuna salad, right? I made like, I was just making some tuna, right? And my dad was like, you made this wrong. Because I, look, I used to, I would just put a bunch of shit and stuff and be like, it tastes fine to me. I don't know. So my dad was like, no, nah, let me show you how to do stuff right. Let me show you how to do this. And it was with everything. Like, I remember sitting at a table with my dad and we were eating steaks and I was going to cut my steak and I was cutting it all stupid. And he was like, nah, and he we're taking this time and we're going to take make this a learning moment. Now you know how to do it right now. And it was literally everything my father was it was all it was annoying it was frustrating it was like if i if i um if i had a book report to do it wasn't good enough that i did the book report i had to then give like an oral presentation to him i had to write an essay on the book as well for him only and um present it to him and my teacher or some extra shit like it was all like uh, it was always just more <laughs> it was just like a we different gotta be, authoritative type of yes 
Yes. And it was weird because they were both very strict and very um, aggressive in their parenting styles, but just different. Was he still in the military when you were living with him? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was another thing. So when I was with him for the summers, I had to work. I used to go to the family support center and volunteer there because that's where he, where he worked with family support. But I used to go and make like, um, that's where I learned how to uh, crochet because I used to make baby blankets. <laughs> I used to make baby blankets and these little baby baskets that they would give out to the airmen when they, when they're, when they had their first baby. I used to make these little baskets at the family support center and um, I would hook people up for their, cause this is back before Skype and stuff. I would hook people right, up right, for right. video chat calls. That was my volunteer job that I used to do every summer when I lived with him. It was always something. I learned, my father taught me how to drive when I was 12. It was just always, you got to learn. You just got to learn this. You got to know how to do it. He taught me how to change the oil. He was like, so my father taught me how to drive. The way he taught me how to change a tire was he let the air out the tire while he taught me how to drive (laughs) (laughs) on the side of the highway in Las Vegas in like 103 degrees. He was like, change the tire. I'm going to tell you what to do. And so I'm out there with my little bitty arms and we, we change the tires. And that's how I, but that's how I learned stuff with him. And, um, but he also had a way of just like, my father was um, like more, just, he, he had a way of just like kind of joking and being funny and like kind of trying to take the pressure off of me in certain situations. And um, I always liked that the best about him because my mom did not do that. My mom would be like, no, now what you better was, did. It was a different type of love your dad was giving you. Yeah, yeah. My dad, also my dad was way more affectionate than my mother was. Like my dad would always come and hug me and kiss me goodnight. Oh, my wow. dad, my dad used to like, he would be like, come sit next to me. And he would just like love to just hold on to me like this. And we would just like, he just liked to to, to hug and, and, and be sweet with me and it was so weird because my mother is not that lady my mother you get a you get a this hug when you say hello maybe when Nap you, you goodbye. Like, yeah, go ahead now. right you're like all right now especially oh it's corona now she'd be like ah, <laughs> that's all she waiting for corona to tell people no nah, don't touch me because she she just thought she's not been that late like i remember the last the last time i like could sleep on my mom's bed i was like six she'd be like get wow. out yeah, my mom did not play none of that. But my dad, if I had a bad dream, he would come and lay down with me and rub my head if I like if I was sick or something. My dad just was honestly a little bit more nurturing than my mother was, but he still had he was like on my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At every turn, he was like on my neck. He really was. He really, really was. was but she- I liked it though. I felt it was like I loved it. I loved it now, but then I was like was your mom the only child growing up? No, my mother is, so there's two older girls, then my mother, and then there's a boy, and then another girl. So my mom's like the middle middle. So all girls, pretty mm-hmm. much. One pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I got one uncle. And then my dad is, uh, he has a brother and a sister. And I've only ever met my uncle. I haven't ever met my aunt, so I can't. To so walk, walk me through when you guys leave. So you leave, so you finally get out of middle school. Mm. And it's a whole lot better because you know how to make friends now. Right. You ever run into people that you, from middle school today are? Yes, all the time, actually. Actually, I was, um, there's a, a good friend of mine on Facebook and we've been friends and I just happened to pick up my old 
uh, middle school book from when I lived here. And he's in my, and I was like, right, I remember you. That's so crazy. And it was funny because in my middle school book, I put his, his name is Chris. I'm not, you know what? His name is Chris. <laughs> so I was like, I saw Chris. <laughs> I saw Chris. <laughs> and it says Chris. And then right next to his, his name, it says, owes me a dollar. <laughs> Well, shout out to Chris. You better pay you. You better. Right, I was like, Chris, give me my money. <laughs> and that Venmo request tool. Right, right. But it's actually been a few people. Actually, my 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 good friend Jasmine. She taught me how to ride a bike in mm. middle school here, and I ran into her at like Target like a year ago, which was crazy because I didn't even know she still lives here. She's like an elementary school teacher, so that's dope. It's such a small world when you think about it. It really is. It really some is. people treat like these states like countries and they have only yeah. lived in the state the whole time. Right. Right. And I was like, so have you moved? She's like, no, I've been here. I'm like, oh, like, I've been to like six or seven different states, a couple countries, came back. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's nice though. But no, she's, she's dope. It's crazy. Cause whenever I, I didn't learn how to ride a bike till I was 13. Um, because nobody taught me. Normal. Yes. No, I just nowadays it might be normal. I think it's more normal now than it was then because it was like ride bikes I, or anything. Nope. Right. Like my daughter just learned how to ride a bike maybe two or three years ago and she's 12. Cause yeah, I was like, man, it's just funny. Cause she, like she ain't been on it in a minute cause she fell and, and bent her wheel all up. We got to get her. She hit a rock or something. She said, and she, she came back. She had leaves all in her hair. <laughs> like you put that shit in your hair on purpose. You didn't fall like that. You look like you fell in a cartoon. <laughs> when I, so, all right. So mom comes back from Saudi Arabia, dad right. living with dad and you're getting the love, you're getting the, you're getting the nurturing part of him. Right. The nurturing part that you really don't get. So when does she tell you, all right, I'm leaving again. When does that conversation happen? So she, she doesn't really leave again. I just kind of go back and forth. It just becomes, I think I started making it a point that I like, I think she also saw a difference in me. Um, being with your dad. Being with my dad. Like when I came back, I was cooking. Yeah. <laughs> I was cleaning. Cause it was like, I would, I would cook, like I would throw stuff together, right? Like I would be able to make like ramen or like, you know, bologna, fried bologna sandwiches, and, like little bitty stuff. But when I came back, I was like making like chicken Parmesan and like. You're um, in there. Yeah. I, right, I was in there cooking. Like I was in there, like okay, um, I want to make me some pot roast, mom. I need you to go to the grocery store and get this. Like that's that's the the energy I had when I came back. And because my mother worked so much, like I said, I would be home alone. I would cook dinner every night, pretty much. Mm -hmm. I would cook dinner. I would do most of the cleaning around the house, and um, that kind of was like it turned into like that kind of was like the. I kind of ended up being like my mom's wife. Right. In a weird, yeah, you're, the wife weird way. you're the mother of the house now. Yeah, like I became, this is my home and you go and work. <laughs> she probably enjoyed that though. She probably yeah, I think she did though, because I know like legit, I used to iron her uniforms. I used to shine her boots before she'd go to work. Like, like people are like, that's insane. I was my mother's, anytime she had a banquet or a dinner, I was her date. I was her, we were each other's persons I guess like we took care of each other and um when I came back from my dad I knew a lot more um because my dad my dad is just a little bit more patient than my mother is I think mm -hmm. and so he wouldn't get as frustrated with me as she was so it was easier for him to teach me I think 
Um, so and you really my- replaced your dad in her life a little bit. I think so. I think so. Yeah, a hundred percent. And um, my mom, she dated a little bit here and there, but it was never. She never really got too too serious with any guy. Um, they probably were intimidated. Oh, a hundred percent. Also, because it's like if you're in the military, it's very you got to be careful about rank. Right, right. Got to be careful about what squadron he in, what squadron you in, and mm-hmm. chain of command. And you got to be, you know, what I'm saying like if if I meet you and I like you, and then I find out you a colonel, I can't date you. <laughs> you know, like if I so it's it's different in the military. But she, um, yeah, I went back and forth. So after when I lived with my father for that year, and I came back, my mom came back. We were in Warner Robins. And I think she noticed a difference in me. So then it was like, she would just send me for the summers or um, Christmas break. She sent me a few Christmas breaks um, and stuff like that. So I, I was- probably don't feel alo- alo- You don't feel as, as alone as you do now. Right, it was good. I was good with that. Um, the last summer I went to my father's, I was 16. Well, let's and go before that. So when do you, where do y'all move oh. after that? Like, what are you, you like skipped over, like, how'd you oh, we get did skip. We did skip. Okay, so we're yeah. in Warner Robins. And we so moved you finished to... middle school, and where do you go next yeah. after that? Yakata Air Force Base. Oh, that's when you go to Japan. Yes. I was, uh, I think we got there the summer I was 14. Um, and I think I turned 15 that summer. Or I just had just turned 14. I can't remember. But that was the ninth grade. And, um... Yeah, Japan was dope, dope, dope. Like soon, the first person I met was Charlene. Um, Charlene. She was working at the commissary. That was when the commissary was on the west side. Uh-huh. Before they built the YCC. Okay. So we was at the commissary. We had just got in and um, I met Charlene first and then I met Erica, her sister, right after that. And they were the first, they were like, oh girl, you gotta come to the teen center later. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> they were like, everybody, we gonna tell everybody the new girl is here, da, da, da. And I was like, okay. So I came and everybody's like, oh, you the new girl, you the new girl. And it was like, everybody was just so, Happy. from the second I got there, it was just like, hey, you're we're family now. And it was always like that in Yakota. It was just, everybody was super dope. Um, Yakota kind of reminds me of like X-Men. A mm-hmm. little bit because everyone finally is around people that are just like them. They both yes. everybody understands what everyone's going through. Yes, it was like yeah, like I'm not alone and weird, and like. Or if you're weird, there's weirder people out there. So you right. Not, or right. if I'm weird, that's all right. They cool with that. The, the right. weird They're is fine. As weird as you, yeah. Right. The weird is fine, and it was like, and it, I had never been around so many different kinds of people. I think as when we were in Yakota. It was like black, white, Asian, Jewish, Christian, mm-hmm. like it, like, and it didn't matter. Like it was weird. It was like it was a different. It was like, do we vibe? Do we like each other? Then we're friends. We're good. Right, and right, right. Like, oh, everybody was like that, and it was just always kind of felt like that. And I, um, haven't ever been to a place like that before or since. It, it was. Um, and it was great, I think, for my formative years. Uh, it's like it's, those teen years are super important for like who you're gonna really be. Mm-hmm. And because I think I, I was afforded a lot of um, freedoms in Japan to like explore and kind of 
be myself without people being like, mm -mm, mm -mm. it wasn't a lot of that. You know what I mean? Right. It wasn't a lot of judgmental folks and energies. So shoot, I remember just being lost in Rapunki. I was like, how did I right. get like, right? Well, 14 just is like exploring, just being like, I got uh, $20 or, you know, 2000 yen and I'm going to just, I'm going to just hit it. I'm going to just go and see what happens. I'm going to just, and it was like that, that amount of like, people like, I got back to the States and people being like clubs. I'm like clubs. Right, the biggest ones. We used to go to the biggest, best clubs, be 15, having the greatest time. Um, also, it was like we were allowed to flourish, but it was like, because we were in Japan, it was so safe. It wasn't a dangerous environment. There wasn't like a ton of drugs. Like I like I know people that were like, oh yeah, when I was in high school, I was doing cocaine. I was like, oh my god. Right. <laughs> right. I didn't see cocaine until I was like twenty something at a party, and people were like, cocaine. I was like, oh no, I don't do the drugs. I don't do that. I'm not a crackhead, ma'am. Like that's it. <laughs> so, but like we didn't like drinking was what we did, but it wasn't like it wasn't like in the states. These kids is crazy. And also, not even just in the States, some of these bases, like, you go to Ramstein, them teenagers is insane. Oh, yeah, they were wild. It was they were wild. wild. We yeah, they were wild. Boring. They were wilding out. Yeah. I remember when yeah. we were in Japan, you were the first person that stopped us from getting beat up. We're about to get beat up by, like, uh, I think it was by, like, President, and then you, like, walk by, and like, oh, good, Brandy's here. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's going oh, on? Nothing. Like, nothing. Hey, Brandy. Hey. I was like, hurt us here. <laughs> that's hilarious that's so funny that's one of my favorite things too i love it when um people from yakota are like oh i remember when we did this or when you said this or you i'm like i don't remember that but that's amazing like i like it's so easy to run into people i run into yeah. people all the time yeah i run into a lot of people here like anytime you're near a military base but even if you're not it's weird me um, and leroy when we we're in tampa me and leroy were hanging out and um, this guy walked up to me. He was, I'm not trying to disrespect you, but I just want to let you know that your partner is very nice, and I don't want to disrespect the couple that you have. I said, no, he's single. You can go ahead and shoot your shot. Yes. Yeah, like me, Leroy, Dana. We just always bumping. I was rad, bumping to people at grocery stores. Leroy's in Hawaii, no? Are yeah, he's in Hawaii, yeah. yeah. Shout out to my dog, Leroy. Yeah, Leroy's the homie. I love Leroy. That's what would you say was challenging about high school? Or would you say it was all... Um, school itself was hard. There's a lot of big personalities out there. It was a lot of um, personalities, but for me, that wasn't ever an issue. It was like school was hard for me, and then boys. Mm. Um, I had a lot of issues with boys because I like because of the way I grew up. I really, really, really wanted to be loved. Like okay. that was, and there's a thing a lot of teen girls go through, right? Where they're like, I just want somebody to really love me, and like whatever. So I remember um, just being like, why does, why, what is, why don't he love me? And, <laughs> and I remember just, um, just those different, but now looking back on it though, all of those experiences were great. Like I, I, like even, even if I was sad, as if somebody like broke my heart, all of those experiences were super dope just because I learned what I like, what I don't like. I really like who I am was a hundred percent molded in Yakota. Um, mm, okay. Just, yeah. I like, I, 
But there was no like separation. This is the only place I know where there could be like 19 year old people around like high school kids. And I was yeah. like, I don't even know yeah. how old this girl is. I think she might be 20 and she's hanging out with us at this party. Right. Yeah, there was a lot of that. There was a lot of that. Um, and then there's like, I mean, high school is high school. That's one thing. High school for, for I'm sure for everybody is difficult, right? But high school for a, a little black girl that's sometimes uh, a lot or, or um, a big personality. Right. I, I felt like I got kind of picked on a little bit because I used to get in trouble a lot, but I wouldn't be doing nothing. Picked on by who? Like by more girls or by my dudes? No, no, no. I mean like teachers and, and, and oh, okay. um, principals and stuff like that. Uh, I, remember, I don't know if you remember this. It was a huge debacle about whether or not I had brought alcohol to school in a bottle of Kool-Aid. <laughs> it was a huge <laughs> thing. So it was such a big thing. <laughs> I had went to the bathroom and um, I was in uh, Coach Pujo's class. It was uh, biology. And I went to the bathroom. And when I came back, my, my, my backpack was gone. And I was like, what happened to my stuff? And Coach was like, oh, uh, the principal came and took your bag and said, you need to go meet him at the, the, in the office. And I was like, okay. So I went <laughs> to the office. They were sitting around sipping my Kool-Aid out of like little water paper cups, them little mouthwash cups. Trying to see they it. was in there like smelling it, sniffing it, swirling it, spitting it into a thing. It was crazy. The wine tasting. It was a whole wine tasting from my Kool-Aid. And I was like, so what happened? They were like, well, some student said that you brought liquor in this bottle. And I was like, so y'all just take all my stuff and don't ask me nothing. And don't like, y'all just skipped hella steps and just went through my shit. It just was like, uh, Yep. <laughs> but then they were like, oh, it doesn't taste like nothing. And I was like, you're right. It doesn't taste like nothing. But there was definitely alcohol in there. But it was only a little bit because <laughs> I was stealing it from my mom. So <laughs> a little bit of it in there. So but they didn't taste it. I was like, y'all are probably just drunk because. <laughs> Sometimes you don't even realize how they, a lot of them just didn't have it together. When you think about like them yeah. being young adults, most of them were like 26. Yeah, they were. They were. Was, it, was, it, was, it was dope. I love I loved Japan. I love Dakota. It was just high school is hard. High school is, but I did always feel like, I remember, ooh, I can't even remember who it was. One of my teachers. Oh, who was it? She wasn't a permanent teacher. She was like a sub for somebody who had left. And she only was there for a little while. I can't remember. But um, she, I remember I was in her class and she asked me something and I was like, I don't know the answer, right? And then she was like, oh God, thank God you're pretty. Oh, free. And I was like, well, so I'm stupid? <laughs> like, like, I'm not a dummy. I can tell you just called me stupid. <laughs> and my mother came up there raising hell behind that. Sometimes right? you realize these people project their insecurities, especially like yes. people like that. Or they have flashbacks when they were in high school and realize like, oh, this person's going to be this. Right, this right. Right. 
Yeah, but I remember that was a that was a kind of a common thing too with with when I had teachers is because I was like um uh not shy. I'm not a shy person, but I just didn't like to talk in class. I was always I've always been insecure about um being wrong, right? and and being and being ridiculed by and i think a lot of kids feel like that right but um i for a long time in school and even in high school i thought i was dumb like i thought i was a stupid person i didn't think that um you're getting bad grades or why would you think that um i was getting i was getting bad grades a little well it was my mother was a straight A student or mostly A student. And I just wasn't, honestly. I wasn't like a failure or anything like that, but I just would like Bs, maybe some Cs, you know? And my that wasn't good enough. And so I just felt dumb sometimes. And especially when it was classes, I remember I had uh, chemistry with Mr. C and I hated chemistry. I couldn't do it. I just was, it's so hard. It was so hard. Like my brain just couldn't understand it. And I had an F Ooh, excuse me, for like most of the year. And then I pulled it up to like a D plus or like a C might like bit, like just scraping. And I was so proud of myself for pulling this F up out of a F cause it was so hard. Mm-hmm. And I remember my mother being like this, I don't know why you're excited about this. And instead of like, um, cheering um, on to be like congratulations. Right, like you're doing your best and good for you doing your best. You know what I mean? So when I was younger, Literally up until probably until I was in my mid to late twenties, I thought I was just a dumb part. I just thought, well, I'm just not smart. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just. My brain just doesn't do smart things. I do you just, think that's why you were quick to throw the hands? Do you ever notice that? Yes. Are you always ready to drop the yes. paws on somebody? Uh, yes, hundred percent. Also, because it's like, well, um, like I said, when I was really little, that was my first go-to, right? Of like, you right. hurt. So now I'm a put these paws on you. And then when I was in middle school again, we gotta go. We, I don't care if you don't wanna fight. <laughs> you gotta fight. So um it was just I think it was those two things. And it it did it made me it made me angry. Cause when you're a kid and you're trying your best to do something and everybody's like you still suck. That's just it just it just it just hurts. So but when do you find the confidence? When do you do you do you find confidence in high school? Or is it when you get out of high school where you start becoming more confident as like a woman? It's when I get out of high school for sure, for sure, for sure. One, I always felt um, like it's weird. It's a weird place to be because I've always known that I'm I'm pretty or whatever because people tell me that. Um, so I've always been aware that I am uh, attractive, mm-hmm. uh, but there's a a difference between people thinking that you're pretty and like feeling beautiful or feeling that way. Got it. And um, so for me, I think I just didn't really, I just didn't feel like that. You didn't feel Um, pretty on the inside. Right. Right. And also I learned really early that my looks and my attractiveness was of great importance to people. And I, I always thought that that was stupid because I don't have any control over that, right? I don't have any control over what my face is doing. 
Um, and I, but I always knew I had a great sense of humor. I always knew that I was like, really, like to me, I was a very funny person and I wanted people to laugh and have a good time when they were with me. But right. nobody ever told me I was funny. <laughs> nobody ever was like, oh, you got a sense, you're, yeah, you're cracking jokes and stuff. So, but for, cause they was like, oh, you're pretty. And so it was like, that was more important. So then as, as when I was in high school in Yakota, I, I kind of tried to rely on being very pretty, but um, I didn't know how to be pretty. Like, I was just like, I'm just being who I am. And people were like, right. oh, you're pretty. And I was like, okay, cool. So I just should be pretty, pretty all the time. And it became like an obsession and it's a weird place to be in because I just was like, I'm, uh, I just want to be like fun and cool. I, I really wanted people to value, um, my personality or something else I think about me besides what I look like. Were there people, friends that you say did value your personality? Do you have friends like that you met in high school that you felt like? Oh, 100%. Okay. 100%. Um, especially because most of the friends that I made in high school are still my friends today. Um, one of those people being Lauren. Um, Lauren was always like a dope lady. Yeah, she was a, and I, I learned a lot from her and her family in a, in a, they, they showed me the world in a different kind of capacity because mm -hmm. I had never, I had white friends and stuff, but I had never really just hung out with white family. And I used to be at their house kicking it all the time and just listening to how they talk to each other, like how her, how her mother and father spoke to one another. I never seen no shit like that in my life. Oh. I had never seen no shit like that in my life. <laughs> I was like. Cause they would get upset, but it wouldn't be like, uh, I, I can't remember. It was like, they, I remember they no, got into it. Right. Yeah. It wouldn't be like a whole thing. I remember they got into it. Um, her, 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 her father and her mother was like, her mother was upset cause he didn't like take the trash out. I don't remember. Right. And she was like, well, I told you to take the damn trash out. What are you doing? And he was like, Oh, I'm sorry, honey. I like to, you know, and, uh, you know, I didn't, I forgot I was working. And she was like, well, you know, and they were fussing, but they were being so nice. And right. I was like, huh. Oh, so this is what it looks like. You could be upset with somebody and not call them a motherfucker. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you could be upset and not call him an ungrateful bastard. Oh my God. I didn't know that. So that was that like changed how I how I kind of saw relationships, um, their relationship did uh, in particular, but I had just the best. Was your mom strict about dating or was she, she didn't care? How was she strict? She wanted to be strict about it. She really wanted to. She was like, you're not allowed to date. And I was like, okay. And she wasn't home. What are you gonna do? Like, I was uh, like, I was like, it was like, what are you, what are you talking about? It was like that. And then I had got to that point and that was an issue for my mother. I had got to that point when I was like 16 where I was like, what are you going to do? Like, what are you talking about? You're not going to come home and watch me. So she was like, well, you can't be out all night. And I'd be like, okay. <laughs> all right. You think that? Okay. I'll see you tomorrow morning, mom. <laughs> it, was that, it was that energy that I had. Like, yeah, it was like that. She, she tried she tried to stop and then she tried to stop me from dating. And then I think when she realized I couldn't, uh, she couldn't stop me. She tried to do like her, her rules and like, I got to meet him and I got to do this and do that. And, um, I mean, she, she, I think she did the best she could with what she knew 
and also um, with me. I'm a lot. It was a lot. Maybe it's something uh, in the water out there because every every parent has the same story, just how their kids like they had the extreme time being out there. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like the like it's like mutants out in the water. Everyone's kind of just amping each other up. Be like, right. oh, that's cool. F it. Why not? Nothing's yeah, gonna happen to you. Go. Just right. sneak out. Whatever. What are you talking about? Just <laughs> sneak out the back and we'll go. Just sneak out and we'll go. Hey. Sneak out. But yeah, that that's that's exactly and it was like literally. Um, and I remember my my mom being like, well, you can't hang out with Kwanda and Shay and them anymore because y'all y'all get into trouble. But I was the one that's like, let's go, bitches. Let's get into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I was the rowdy one. They were like, oh, I'm sure we're going because Randy's going. I was the one. And everybody, it was so funny. But, it, you know, it, it is what it is. Those are the, I think, honestly, that's why I, t- I tell my kids the truth. And I tell them they have to be honest with me so mm-hmm. that I can provide them with the best um, guidance that I can because my mother was the type of person to be very judgmental and even sometimes hurtful when I would try to talk to her okay so I remember when I came to my mom and I want to say I was like 15 or 16 and I had been dating Ray and I as little Ray Ray Rodney oh okay and I and I wanted to have sex with him and I asked my mother. You asked your mom. <laughs> well, I didn't ask her if I could have sex, but I was like, what's it like to lose your virginity? Like, what's it like? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I don't And I was like, what? what? And she was like, what? You're, you're still a little girl. You don't need to be talking to me about this. And I lost my virginity like a week later because what you said didn't help me. Right. So I got to figure it out. <laughs> you know, like, and if my daughter says, hey, mom, I want to lose my virginity. What's that like? I'm a, we gonna sit down and we gonna look. She might even get a glass of wine that night. We gonna sit down. We gonna have a. We gonna look in each other's eyes. Okay, look now. Uh, <laughs> let me hit you with these facts, okay? You know, because if my mother would have told me, like, do you love this boy? Does he love you? Make sure you're you're with someone that wants to be with you, and it's not just about sex, and it's not just about because it was. And I ended up getting used, and I didn't like that. But nobody told me what that's what that is like, you know what I mean? So that's one of those things that I wish when I, when I, when I look back at my, my, um, I guess childhood or, or formative years that I wish she would have been more forthcoming with like the emotional parts of being a, cause like telling somebody how sex works. Right. Isn't the same as telling someone how sex feels like in, in your heart and your mind and your spirit and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And as like a 15 year old girl in my mind, I was going to lose my virginity to this boy. We're going to get married in some years. Like we was like, <laughs> like in, in my mind, this is okay. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to do, and then we're going to be together forever. And then it didn't work out that way. And I was like, 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 like broken and split up, but it's okay. It all happens the way it's supposed to. And, um, Sometimes I realize that their parents just didn't know, and it was an uncomfortable mm-hmm. situation for them. Right. You no, know, it's uncomfortable right. because when most people lose their virginity, they're getting advice from other teenagers. Teenagers, which other kids. Advice. We all don't know nothing. Everybody I was asking Aisha, I was asking Shay, I was asking my friends, like, what do, what, so what's it? And they were like, girl, it feels so good. And it's, 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 I was like, oh, I got to go get me some of this. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> and then he's gonna like me more. Oh, oh, sign me up. Uh, yeah, just that's where I was, and that's that's a really dangerous place. And it's a lot of people that don't even think about it like that. But like, we really taught ourselves and raised it happened, ourselves. Yeah. Every, everyone was learning from each other, which was not mm-hmm. appropriate at all. At all, it's so bad. It's I think so since bad. we were, my parents were more religious, so we know we just couldn't right. talk to them. So I was just like, well. I'll talk yeah. to Joe Sappho. <laughs> right. right. That's what I'm saying. It was like, and then my mother did start doing that when she kind of like researched into Christianity and I threw myself. So after my um, a couple failed relationships with some boys, I threw myself into Christianity. I got um, um, saved and that was what I was going to do now. Mm-hmm. I didn't like how that made me feel. And I was trying to find something that made me feel good, but didn't make me feel like shit afterwards immediately. Right, right, So I was really like grasping and looking like, right? Like I need a love, I need a something, I need something, something, something. So for a long while, I was very um, thoroughly Christian. Um, Just carrying my Bible and quoting word (laughs) <laughs> and that was that was what I was gonna do. Um, so where are we now? We're in Yakota. Right, now we're we're, moving. Gonna, we're we're moving to Yakota. Let's take So ladies and gentlemen, that was part one of the Brandy Bo Zurich story, right? If someone was teaching a master class on life, this is Brandy's story, how she came up. So right now we're just getting towards high school. We talked about how she grew up in Panama, how she grew up in Masao, about her being the baby of the family, but actually being sort of like the only child and, and how her mother raised her. So stay tuned for part two, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, my name is Jerry Waters. This is One Man, One Tree and a Hill. All right, folks, welcome back to the podcast, One Man, One Tree and a Hill. I'm your host, Jerry Waters, two-time wrestling champ, stand-up comedian. And right now we're on part two of the Brandy Bo Zarek story. Part one, Brandy talked about her upbringing, how she was raised by two soldier parents. And right now inside her store, she's just leaving Yakota. That was the high school she went to in Japan. And now she's entering into Florida as she finishes her senior year. All right, folks, have fun. Stay tuned. <laughs> All right, so we're, uh, we're at... We're at uh... We're at Yakota. Where are we at your senior year? What's your what's yeah, your senior? Yeah, my what's your senior like? So you talk about you're talking about you and your girls are talking about losing virginity. You're getting advice from teenagers, which is not the right thing to do. So, is this the end of Yakota? When do you leave? Or do yeah, you I leave Yakota my senior year. I don't graduate. Said, like, do you pick a college, or where do you want to go, or what's no. that conversation? So I I gotta go. I gotta finish high school. We moved to. Um... Oh, thanks, husband. <laughs> we moved to. Um... Fort Walton Beach, Florida. Actually, could you bring me a beer? Yes. That'd be dope. So you left your senior year? Yes. Oh, that's not fun. Yeah. Um, I, it was, yeah, it was complicated. It was a lot. Um, but I left. We went to uh, Fort Walton Beach, Florida. So actually, before I left Japan, I had met a boy mm-hmm. um, from Yakuska. Oh, shout out to those devils. Yeah, shout out to the naval base. Red devils. Uh, yeah, you were looking at Reverend and I was like, oh, <laughs> the red devils. Yes. Red devils. But um, thank you, babe. Um, when I, I met a boy from Yakuska, and actually, I had got into it with my mother, and she put her hands on me. 
and um, I ran away. You ran away? Uh, like you left the base, ran away? Yeah. Oh, wow. Gone, right? I went to Yakuska, and I was with my little boyfriend, and um, he was sneaking me in the house. Nah. <laughs> and uh, it was a whole lot of mess, and um, I ended up pregnant. Oh. Yeah. So... Um, so what's, that, what's that conversation like with your mom when you tell her? Is that I why you? Have, I did not tell her. So we go. It's a. It's terrible. So I was seventeen, and or about to turn eighteen, and uh, we moved to Florida, mm -hmm. and I had just found out that I was pregnant maybe a week before we left. Wow. Florida, and this was like I didn't know what to do. I knew if I told her, she would tell me to get an abortion. I knew that. I knew that. I knew that. I knew that. Right. And I knew I didn't want one at the time. I did not want to have an abortion. Right. So, um, I didn't tell her we moved to Florida. We were staying in TLS, which is temporary living facilities. Yes. For those that don't know. And it's basically like an in-suite where it's got, you know, it's maybe a bedroom, but it's got a little kitchenette. It's got a little living room, but it's like a little family. One bedroom apartment. Right. A little one bedroom or sometimes two apartment that you can live in until your home is ready on base. So we, um, we were living there and I get out of the shower. This is exactly what happened. She goes, oh, your titties is getting big. Ah. And I was like, oh, yeah, uh, I guess I've been eating a lot. And she was like, oh, yeah, okay. And then she was like, I'm about to go to the store. You need me to get you some pads or anything? And for my dumb ass said, no, ma'am. And so she goes, well, when's the last time you had your period? And I was like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't remember. It was like a little bit ago. And she was looking at me because we had been in Florida for like two or three months. And she was looking at me mm. and she was like, have you had your period? And I was like, and I knew that I knew that I knew it was up, right? So I was like, no. And she was like, when's the last time you had your period? And I was like, I don't know, a couple months ago. And she goes, Are you pregnant? And I was like, maybe. Even though I knew I was. Right, 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 right. I was just, I was so scared. I was like, maybe. So she went and got a pregnancy test, and I was pregnant. And like I knew she would, she made me get an abortion. She took me to the clinic. They were like, yeah, she's still within the time frame to get an abortion. And my mom was like, sign the papers because I'm not raising no motherfucking babies. That's exactly what she told me. I'm not raising no more babies. How did you feel at the time? Did you feel like because this guy, this guy was the love of your life at the time or you just really wanted a baby? No, nah, he was the love of my life. Mm. At the time, I would have. Did he know you were pregnant or no? Yes. What was he saying? Keep it, keep it, keep it. We'll figure it out. We'll be together. He was still in Japan, also. He was Mexican. No, he was um black. Oh. Mhm. Mm He's saying keep um, it. But uh, yeah, he was like keep it, and um, you Let's know, we were out. in love. We were in love, like, and honestly, he was my first love. He really, really was. And he changed how I thought a man should treat me. He was Because he treated you better or what? Yes. Yes. We we talked about so much stuff. We had so much stuff in common. Um, 
Well, where'd you meet him at? He's all the way in Kinnick. Did y'all just meet and just? He, it was one of the times we had a dance. It was one of them times where they came for a dance or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They used to just. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They, he he came for link up. Right. He came for a dance, and I was like, oh. Let's go to the shop at real fast. Let's go. Right. Like, let's, let's sit at this bus stop and kick it. but like that was my that was that he was my first love my first um the first like honestly if I had it to do over again I should have saved myself for him he was my like he was just a really amazing um especially because we were the same we he was like 16 or 17 Mm -hmm. and he was just amazing for how other boys were to me at least um and uh, so, yeah, I moved to moved to Florida. I ended up having the abortion and I thought he was going to be like, OK, oh, I don't like that and I'm done. But he was like, well, I know why. And, you know, that's OK. We'll have kids later. And he was, was like, it's cool. You know, um, are you OK? He was the, that was his energy. Like, and I love that. I was like, oh, oh we're going to get so married. Yeah. Ah! Yes. So. We did not get married, though. <laughs> um, actually, How did you guys end? How did you guys break up? How did it end? He started dating Montana, who was my best friend. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's on some One Tree Hill stuff right here. It was horrible. And it was like, to this day, I've never felt a pain like that. In my, I, I think I could physically like feel my <laughs> heart breaking in my chest. Like I was like, oh, what? Ah! Like, just... I don't, I don't. <laughs> This is my theory. I don't think you ever stop loving people. I think that love changes. You know what I mean? Yes. You, just, you care. You still care for that person. Right. 100%. Love, love never goes away. It's if you really love that person, form it, cannot, it changes or evolves. And 100% that is a fact because he actually um, messaged me, I don't know, six months ago, maybe a year ago now. And we, he was like, hey, can I call you? I just wanted to check in and see how you're doing. And I was like, sure. And we talked on the phone for like two and a half hours and we had a great conversation and I care for him so deeply, especially because of the way that um, the, the person he was in my life at a time. It's when weird. I was yeah. It's weird because the pe- generation before us never had these type of conversations because mm-hmm. they didn't, you didn't have no technology to reach out to anybody. So mm-hmm. now you could reach out to somebody right. that you used so to it's, like, it's like once you break up with him, if you move, it's, it's over. It's over. <laughs> Like, how did you go? Right. I just moved, went to a different Piggly Wiggly's and that's how you- Right, I just, I just stopped shopping at that Walmart. Right. It was over. <laughs> it was done. I moved across town and that was the end of that. So yeah, it was like, but he, he reached out and we had a great um, conversation. He actually asked me, it was at the time, no, this actually might've been a little while ago, because at the time my husband and I were separated, we were going through some issues. And he was like, would there ever be a chance that we could try again? And I said, absolutely not. And I'll tell you why. If you would have left me for anybody but my best friend, maybe. <laughs> like, literally, you can't. Yeah. I can't do that. And I was like, and I, I I, hope you are well. I hope everything in your life is amazing and good. I hope you are nothing but blessed and prosperous. But you can't, you can't be at my house. <laughs> I don't know what it is with dudes. But sometimes I think every dude goes through that. They go to a phase in their life where... They, they felt hurt. the best or, you know, where they felt the best or you try to associate this person's going to make me feel good because at that state of mind, mm-hmm. she was that until you realize like, it's over, dog. Yes, yeah, over. It's over. And I was like, I will always be your friend unless, you know, you do something crazy now, but I'll be your friend. I'll be, I will, 
I will support you. And it's a hard pill to swallow, though. That's why. That's yeah. why some people just like being ghosted. Dude, some people love yeah. the fact of having what if. The what if yeah. is better than the what's not going to be. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. But yeah, he's. I'm sure he's. I hope he's fine. I don't know. I'm into. But um, yeah, that was yeah. So that that was. And so the abortion is probably tough, you know what I mean? Because your body yeah. literally breaks down and stuff like that. How long did it take mm -hmm. for you to recover? Um, I don't know. It was that, I, like, honestly, that part was kind of a blur. I remember um, being, like, sad. Mm -hmm. But I think I was sad because of um, more so because I didn't really have the the choice to like I don't want to say say it like that because it's not like my mother like or you you wanted to you wanted to make your own decision about it right right I really and but honestly though at like looking back on it 2020 I was 17 I was not at all ready or capable of any taking care of any person let alone myself and it just wasn't in the cards for me and I think it it, it worked out is what I'm saying. It worked out the best that it could have because I don't think, and honestly, being having a child and being tied to him would have been a stressful situation. Yeah, so long time, and you, you imagine right. your best friend raising your child. Right. <laughs> imagine that. Mm. We're mm. in this thing together. <laughs> right. Ooh, you trying to make me mad? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, that was. Um, you know that that stuff affects you because. Mm -hmm. To this day, Garrett would be all like, you know, he tried to take my girl, right? I said, that was like 20 years ago, dog. Right. That stuff really be like, I'd be like, nah, man, you know, you know how he was. I was like, yeah. That actually happened. That actually happened. Montana messaged me in like 2012 or something, 2011, and was like, are you still mad? And I was still ah. mad. <laughs> it was like five years that went by. I was like, yes, still mad. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was okay. Um, honestly, that uh, made me, I think that made me look at my friendships differently though. Like you can't, it made me realize you cannot trust anybody a hundred percent, really. You really, really can't. Like, and I, like, I, like when people say you trust, you trust, whatever, whatever. Most people, you cannot trust them 100%. And that's just a fact. And it, I, I learned that, um, do you think it hurt because she you hurt because she was so close to you? Yes. Do you think it's that? Yeah. Do you think she genuinely is sorry now? Do you believe that? I hope so. I would hope so. So have so are y'all friends are cordial now? Have you have y'all well, she doesn't have any social media, so no. No. Uh we don't uh But you would sit down now and let bygones be bygones. Oh, a hundred percent. Like that wouldn't I mean it's one of those things where uh Cause it was actually funny. Um, I was married to my first husband and this was in like 2006 or seven. Mm -hmm. She messaged me and was like, Hey, I heard you're in Virginia. I, I'm going to be out there and I would love to come and visit. And I was like, Oh, that'd be great. I think we should do that and sit down and talk and da da da. And she's like, cool. Can I stay with you? And I was like, Oh hell no, you can't stay in my house with my husband. What? He's going after another man. What? I was like, are you crazy? And I think I hurt her feelings because I went, I was like, are you insane? Are you insane? You want to stay in the, where I live at with my man? No. 
She's she can't be trusted. She's going two for two. <laughs> right. I was like, uh-uh. Fool me once, ma'am. No. No, no. Mm-mm. I was like, you can cut this. You can stay at the, the Hotel Six down the way or the Ramada Inn or whatever else you Ramada need. You can have several lunches and dinners, <laughs> but you cannot stay at my house. No. I think I hurt her feelings. I didn't really hear from her uh, anymore <laughs> after that for, for a few more years. Is you but, crazy? Um, yeah, I was like, uh, girl. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. So, uh-uh. So, so now we're at, we're at our senior year. So what happens after your senior year? What do you do? Do you, What do you say you want to do when you're 18? Year, what do you decide? Senior year was dope. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to do, actually. And this was a really... Um, crazy time for me I had started to like calm down I wasn't like as um rebellious mm-hmm. as I was you know I was just like I was just kind of like staying at home and just doing my schoolwork and minding my business and um I remember uh my counselor called me and was like hey um, this is your GPA and like what schools are you looking at and what do you want to do and I was like oh I don't know I haven't really I didn't really think about it too much and they were like well go home and talk to your mom and then you know we'll talk about it. I went home and talked to my mom and I was like so I want to go to college and she was like go go and I was like okay and I was like I think I want to go to um, either FAMU or Clark Atlanta and she goes oh those are good schools so I was like cool cool and then she did like, and I remember being like, what am, what am I supposed to do? And she was like, you better figure it out. If you want to go, you better figure it out. Mm. I, I had no idea you're supposed to fill out an application. I had no idea you were supposed to write an essay in some cases. I was like, how am I supposed to pay for the application? Like li- she didn't help me. Like, no, like it was literally like my, um, my counselor was like, yeah, you just got to go, go on the, <laughs> the website and call them and ask for an application and ask for this and this this and I I got it was such at at that time it was such a daunting task for me that it scared me Mm -hmm. it was like I was like I can't do this and then also I always like I said I felt like I was dumb so I was like why am I even going to college I'm stupid I'm probably going to fail out and then just waste all this money and have to pay a hundred thousand dollars in student loans that I didn't even go to school because I'm a dummy and I'm not going to graduate so how is all of this so it, it just ended up being such a daunting and honestly, scary thing that I was like, I, I just can't, right? Wow. So I was like, well, I guess I'll go in the military. So I signed up to go into the military. I was going to go into the Navy. And um, I think I w- wanted to go in the Air Force first, but the jobs they offered me, I was like, nah. So I w- the Navy had jobs that I... Um, like better. Yeah, that I like better, which was um, medical. I wanted to go into medical. So... Um, yeah, I was like signed up, ready to go into the Navy. And then, uh, my mom got orders to Korea, to Kunsan. Mm-hmm. So I was 18 and my mom said, I don't, you, I don't know where you got to go, but you gotta get the hell up out of here. Cause I'm going on a solo tour and you 18. So I, uh, asked her if she would buy me a plane ticket. And she bought me a plane ticket to Virginia and I moved in with Lauren. I lived with Lauren for like a, maybe six months in Virginia. And then I ended up moving in with one of my cousins who was stationed at, in Norfolk, Virginia. And he was in the Navy. And I ended up moving in with him because 
um, my my ship out date was coming for the Navy. Mm-hmm. So I moved in with him. And he was like, so you really going to go in the Navy? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, you know, you're probably going to get on a ship, right? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, you know, you're going to get raped, right? Jesus Christ. That's exactly, that's, I was like, what do you mean? I'm, what do you mean? You know, I'm going to get raped. Right. He's like, you just are. That's just every woman that's on one of those boats gets sexually harassed or raped. It's just a fact. It's just a fucking fact. And he's like, if you want to be on a boat with a bunch of men looking like you look, for six months or more, then that's your business. And I got scared. And I was like, can I back out? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I backed out. I backed out of going in the Navy. I married my first husband and I signed up to go into the Air Force. Where'd you meet Uh, your first husband at? Where was he at? In Virginia. He was in the Navy. Um, I went to this, I met this guy on like MySpace, right? MySpace. Yeah, I met this guy on MySpace, mm. and he was living in Virginia, and he um, invited me to a, a party that he was promoting, mm-hmm. and um, that is where I met my first husband. What's his name? Uh, hmm? What's his name, your first husband's name? CJ. CJ. CJ, yeah, that's... um. That's his nickname, Charles Jr. Um, We met, and the reason I liked him was because, for some reason, this party was whack, like, so terrible. And there was, like, grown men standing there that were, like, afraid to ask women to dance and stuff. It It was, like, middle school. It was the most crazy thing that I'd ever seen. And he was the only dude that was dancing. And I was the only chick that was dancing. And so we were just dancing and having a good time. And everybody was like watching us. It was weird. So um, I was like, well, I'm going to go sit. I was like, I'm going to go sit in my car because I'm about to leave or something, right? So he was like, cool, can I come sit with you? And we sat in the car and we talked and he was cute and he was nice or whatever. And um, I liked him. Um, we got, we met like middle of December and we got married in February. Oh, y'all were not playing no games. Mm-mm. Nah, honestly, I, like, no, that's, that literally, I wish that somebody, I had somebody, cause I didn't have, once again, I was living in a place I didn't have any friends or anybody around me really. I was living on my own and all that other stuff. And um, I really always wanted to be married. I always did. So the first dude that was like, you want to get married? And I was over 18. I married him, literally. <laughs> I, he, I, he said, do you want to get married? Did he have a ring or no? No. no. So he, that he was like, you want to get married? And I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, should, I don't even think, I don't even think we had said I love you yet. Ah, I really, like I really think it was like I was just insane and like I need somebody to to take to be with me. I need to be with somebody and um we had a lot in common mm-hmm. and so yeah it just seemed I don't know I didn't I didn't put that much thought into it looking back. I really didn't. It was just so yeah, that's fun. <laughs> you're married, you're going into the air force. Are you nervous? Yeah. Or do you does your mom have yeah. that talking to you follow my footsteps or yeah, I, yeah, I, well, all of that. My mom was finally kind of proud, so that was dope. And then I got pregnant. 
So no more Air Force. <laughs> you got pregnant going into Oats. Uh, yeah, like I was, um, I was, um, I don't remember exactly what month I was supposed to ship out, but I was like two or three months from being, from shipping, from leaving to go to basic and I got pregnant. You know, the same thing yeah. happened. To, I was talking to Bernard Janet. She told me the same thing when she was going yeah. to go, yep, pregnant. Yeah, it happens a lot, a lot more than you. They shoot you up so you don't go in. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So you're pregnant. You find out you're pregnant. This is your oldest child. Yes. Well, yes. Well, I, yes, but, um, I got pregnant with, I had a baby before my oldest child that, um, I had, and he was born at 24 weeks. Well, let's back that up. We, so how, where does this, where does the first baby come from? Who's the first baby? My husband. My first husband. Oh, so y'all had two. Your first mm -hmm. husband has, so you have that baby before you go to the Air Force? Or no, I didn't go, I didn't go to the Air Force. Cause right, but so you have the baby at 24 months? Yeah, no, 24 weeks. So uh, pregnancy is 40 weeks, right? Oh, you had it um, half the time. Yes, okay. I had him at 20. So I was, I was just at six months when I gave birth to him. And he lived around three weeks before he um, died of an infection that he got. Mm -hmm. Um, that obviously, uh, destroyed you probably. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, even now it's not. Was your, did you have a support system there when it happened? Did your family support you or did you feel like you were alone again? Um, I mean, yes and no. At this time, my mother was stationed in Turkey. Okay. And she... Uh, I had to call the Red Cross to get in contact with her. Um, she ended up having to take, because they don't give you emergency leave for, um, unless it's immediate family, which grandchildren is, isn't immediate. Mm -hmm. So she had to take leave and she had to get a flight and all that stuff. So it took her a little while to get there. And um, my ex and his family were not... Um, kind and caring, compassionate people. Um, during the pregnancy or before? At, during, before, after, even at his funeral. Um, mm -hmm. Actually, uh, like a, a week before my son's, not even a week, maybe a few days before my son's funeral, they pulled up some papers, some hospital paperwork that said his blood type was O positive and therefore he could not be my husband's son. So like a couple of days before my son's funeral, they were denying my baby. Um, and I was like, I mean, even if you feel like that, couldn't you just hold off like a week? I mean, I'm just like, couldn't you? Um, grieving, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, it was rough. It was rough for me. Um, um, but he was, he was always abusive. Um, actually, the day I went into labor, he had threw me down the stairs. Mm. So he was abusive and all that other stuff. And um, but where was he abusive from the beginning? From like the not the there? very beginning, but yeah, pretty. Like if I if I would have married him after two or three months, if I would have just dated him for like six or seven months, he would have he would have hit me, and I would have knew. Um, yeah, it was he, definitely within the first year. Was that the first time ever a man laid his hands on you? Was he the first person that ever like? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, is it shocking at first? Yeah, it, it was, it was like, 
And it was like, it was shocking to the point where I didn't do nothing. And that's what like, it, it like, cause I'm not that chick, right? You don't hit me and then I don't do nothing. So it, it like the first time I remember I was sitting, it was funny. We, we had just got this couch from like errands or Renaissance or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And we were arguing over the payments and I was sitting on the couch and I can't remember what we were arguing about specifically, but I was like, well then damn, it says you got all the answers, you pay it, uh, like whatever. Right. And I had a smart ass remark or something and he just came up and slapped the taste out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. And it just, it like, I was like, I just sat there like that literally for like probably, ten, I don't know how long, probably 10 minutes. I just was like, and then I got in my car and I just drove around <laughs> uh, Virginia for like an hour and he was blowing up my sidekick mm -hmm. and um, yeah. And then, you know, I went back and it was baby, baby, baby and da, 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 like all of that stuff that, that, that people tell you. Um, and when I got pregnant, for some reason, I thought. It'll stop. Yeah. Like nobody gonna hit a pregnant lady. Like that's weird, right? Even if you're upset, like you're not gonna hit a pregnant lady, but he did not, he, he stopped, I think he stopped like punching me, but he would still like push me or choke me or throw me or whatever, whatever. And um, yeah, he threw me down the stairs. And I remember when I stood up, I felt like, I thought I peed myself and I it was up, my water was broke. broke. Um, my water broke. Whoa. So um, so he threw, he threw you through labor then? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, I ended up getting really sick because they, whenever you go into premature labor, they try to keep the baby in as long as possible. So I ended up getting a really bad infection. I was really sick. Um, like they were talking about putting me in a coma for a few days. It was a lot going on. And um, I remember when I went to the hospital, um, he barely, like he came once I think. And then he came the day that the baby was born. And I was in the hospital for like a week and a half, two weeks. And um, the baby was- dad at? Where's your dad at during this? In Vegas. Do you ever call him and like, hey dad, I'm going through stuff or? Yeah, a little bit. What does he say? Cause he's probably, cause he's still the nurturing one. Is he more upset? No, he, um, I really thought, I remember I called him one time and this was after my son had passed away, but I called him um, and I really kind of thought or expected, or I think wanted him to like come save me. Mm -hmm. And um, no, he, he didn't. Um, and that was hard. Does he know the story? Does he know that you're being physically abused? Or did you keep I, I think I was, I think I was downplaying it at the time, but I told him, like, I, I didn't, I don't think I gave him quite as many details and I wasn't like giving him the blow by blows necessarily, but um, I definitely told him. And I know at one point him and my mother even had a conversation about it and they don't talk to each other at all. Mm -hmm. And they had a conversation about it because my mom was on some shit like she was like when I get back there <laughs> my mom was like ready right and also but it was also hard I think for for my mother um while I was in that situation because I was on some shit like no that's my husband I want to work this out and mm. yada 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 and then when I got when I got so 
after my son passed, the way that his family was and the way that he was and the way that the whole situation happened just didn't sit right with me. So I was out, right? I was like, I'm, we should just get a divorce. I don't think this is the best for like, we're not happy. I'm not happy. You're not, you're clearly not happy if you have to slap the shit out of me all the time and all this right. other stuff, right? Like if me saying words to you makes you physically violent towards me, then we should be together. So um, we had come to this agreement that we were going to get a divorce and um, I was living with him and, you know, saving up money to get my own place. Mm. And I remember I had, I was working like three jobs because I was like, nah. <laughs> and I had got, I was working this job at this call center and I was the number one salesperson for like a month. So I got like a, a $500 bonus at the end of the month. So I was like, yo, $500? Right. Ah, cash monies? Oh, first thing I did, I went to the, um, package store and I got a bottle of Patron and I was like, eat, eat, eat. <laughs> and so I went, when I got back to the house, I was like, I got a bonus today. And I bought this bottle. You want to take some shots with me? And da, da, da. And he was like, yeah. And it was kind of like old times, I guess. And I think I fell into the trap, but I ended up, I, we had sex that night and I got pregnant that night. I got April 21st. I know exactly what day it was. Cause we weren't, I wasn't, it wasn't nothing. Right. I was over that. So yeah, I got pregnant. I got pregnant. And then I was like, damn. And once again, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Christian lady. Right. So I'm like, wow, this must be God's way of telling me I need to work this out. I need to stick this out. I need to figure this out with the, with my, my, my husband. Right. So nine months, I don't have any issues. He does not. And I made it very clear to him. Actually, I think I threatened to kill him. Um, actually, I'm pretty sure I threatened to kill him. Right. Um, I told him I, when I, when I took the pregnancy test, I said, I like set it down in front of him. And I said, I want you to know if you touch me at all for the next nine months, I will kill you myself. Cause I'm not bearing any more of my kids ever. And I think he realized I was very, very serious. <laughs> I was very. Time it was. Yeah, I was very not, and I, like, and I think he knew I wouldn't even. I don't like. I would have. I'll look. I'll wait till you fall asleep. You gotta go to sleep, huh? Like some, uh -huh. some right. go straight. You're not gonna hit me no more, right? So. Um, if you stops though, it stops. It stopped. It did stop while I was pregnant with my daughter. It did stop. Um, and honestly, I was like, yes, we have passed whatever he was going through, whatever that was, we have passed that and we're going to be a family and raise our daughter together and be united and, 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 you know, move forward in a loving and caring, God-fearing home. Does he name her or do you name her? I name her. Her name is Zalia, which means, uh, the gift that God has brought to us and mm -hmm. her, middle name is Anina, which means um, um, blessed from heaven or something. I can't remember. See, I'm forgetting. But yeah, her name meant stuff. So walk, <laughs> through, walk me through, you push out your daughter. What's that like? What's it like holding her for the first time? Magnificent. How does that, how does your ex-husband, does he, does it affect him or does he show any uh, emotion? I honestly don't remember. I really don't remember. 
I was enamored. I was infatuated with the baby. I, it was like, honestly, when I saw her, it was like silence. I'm crying. <laughs> no, no, let it out, let it out. Do you see yourself in her? How much um, of you do you see in her? No, I don't see myself in her. I mean, I, I mean, I guess I do. I do, but I, I, I just, I see God in her. Mm -hmm. I see the universe yeah. in my kids. It's like, oof, sorry. <laughs> don't worry, everyone cries on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I know. I was like, I was trying to hold it in. No, everyone. I, I, like, I teared up like twice, but I was like, they ain't gonna everyone get me. Cries on this podcast. Y'all ain't gonna get me. You got, you got me. We talk about that. Babe, that that she saved my life. Right. She saved me. She really did. Oof. But that's yeah. When when I <clears throat> when I gave birth to her, I remember how easy it was. Like right, comparatively, especially to how my my birth of my first son was. I was in so much pain. Mm -hmm. I had a, a really bad fever. I had an infection. And thank you, baby. Like you brought me some tissue. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. Sorry. Yeah. No, but, um, uh. I re I remember like how much pain I had been in with my, with my son and how scared I was and all those emotions. And with my daughter, I didn't have any of those fears. I, I, I felt good. I felt strong. Um, I pushed like three or four times and she was, ah, she had hair to her shoulders. So you must and she, when was, pregnant. she was just perfect and healthy and strong and beautiful. And um, I created her, you know what I mean? It was that, it was like a magical moment of this is honestly what I'm capable of. Um, and it made me feel differently. I think mm -hmm. being her mother um, changed me. Um, and um, yeah, I don't remember, I don't remember what her, what her father did. And I remember he was, he was there and he was, you know, supportive and, you know, doing the whole breathe and push and all that, you know, stuff. And um, I remember I took a few pictures cause you know, you're in the hospital for a couple days and he would, he had fell asleep and she was on his chest. I took the mm. picture, he was feeding her and, you know, the nurses were showing him how to change diapers. And, and I'm honestly like, oh, this is about to be dope, right? We're about to be so lit. His parents came to visit. My mom couldn't make it because, you know, once again, she was in Turkey. Okay. So it wasn't like she could just drive up. Um, but yeah, I took her, <laughs> uh, we took her home. What type of baby was she? Was she a loud crying baby or more? She was a perfect baby. She, Manuel's she baby. That baby never cried. She never cried. She would just, from, from the first time she opened her eyes and she looked at me, she would just smile at me. Mm. She just smile and smile and smile. And I loved her. She was perfect. Just the perfect little angel. You are. She hears me talk. She's so good. Oh, gosh. She's tall. Yeah, she's my height, though. She's like 5'8. I'm 5'10. So. How old is she? 12. She's 12 and 5. Sweet Jesus. Mm -hmm. well, maybe she's 5'7. Let's say 5'7. <laughs> but she's, not, she's tall, though. She's tall. So, mm. 
So you're yeah. what's it like? What's it like raising her? Do you feel supported? Do you feel supported as you guys get through these these months of her being an infant toddler? Oh, it was really rough. So maybe when my eighth or ninth month of pregnancy, my husband at the time gets kicked out of the Navy for smoking weed, which I didn't know he was doing. Mm. So now I've had this beautiful, magnificent gift given to me in the form of this just absolutely precious baby. And um, I don't know what we about to do because <laughs> we live in base housing. And while I always worked, he was, you know, he Goodbye. made the majority of the money and all of that. So um, the base housing was like, y'all got until this date to get up out of here. So who I am, I was like, cool. Well, I'm going to get to the hustling. We're going to save up this money. We're going to get us an apartment. We're going to be all right. We, we just go live. And he right. didn't want to do that. He wanted to move back in with his family. Because with the he, daughter, with the baby? Yes. He wanted to move in with his parents in Georgia. We were living in Virginia. Mm-hmm. He wanted to move to Georgia and live with his parents until we got on our feet. I didn't like that idea because once you, it's, it's. Too many opinions. Yes, it's too much. It's like, it's too many people. It's too many. um, And we were just getting to a place in our relationship that was like, I guess, kind of good. And um, I don't know if it was good because of the baby or because whatever, but it was like we were getting, I thought we were working towards some kind of good, but I knew how his family was. I didn't really want to do that. But once again, I didn't really have a lot of options and um, I was trying to be a supportive and, and loving wife. So, okay, if that's what you need, you need to be by your family. And also I had family, I have family in Georgia. Right. So I thought, okay, maybe this isn't a bad thing. We moved to Georgia and move in with his family. And within, I don't know, three or four months, his father kicked me out. Kicked you out specifically? Mm-hmm. Why? Um, it's a funny story. So we're living in their house and they were like, you know, here are the rules for living in the house, right? Which is something that parents do, right? So, okay, we're going to do that. Then they're like, you know, y'all got to do this. Y'all got to do that. Y'all can't have no people over here after this time. Y'all can't be, you know, don't be coming in the house after this time and don't be doing, you know, whatever. One of the rules was, we had to um, clean the kitchen and like wash the dishes and stuff. Um, his brother also was living there. His brother was like 18 or 19 though. So it was the three of us, the mm-hmm. me, my husband and his brother, and we were responsible for washing the dishes after dinner every night. And they had a calendar next to the sink. <laughs> That had your name on the week of which you washed the dishes for that week. Okay. So one week they put my name, oh, excuse me, one month they put my name two weeks in a row. And I thought that was by mistake. So I crossed my name out and put my husband's name because he was not, he was missing that month or something like that. Right. Do you know his father said I was a disrespectful bitch? No, changed no. up in his house. No. I was like, I tried to change stuff because I changed. I wrote my what? 
I was like, sorry, this is a conversation we could have had. Like, hey, don't change this calendar. I meant for you to wash dishes two weeks in a row. In which case, I would have said, I'm not doing that. Because <laughs> that's who I am. But that's like, that's a discussion, though, to me. That's a, that's a discussion. That's not a uh, definitive. But his father was an abusive man. And his father was an authoritative man that was like, um, you're a woman, so you're supposed to do what I tell yeah, you. Submissive and everything else. Yes. But that's probably disrespectful to you. you uh, you're finally on your own and you got to go back and do like stuff that you never did in your house. Hell yeah. No, it was. It was super. I was like, like going back being in high school or being yeah, a kid. Yeah, that's what I didn't like. I was like, listen, we're all grown ups here. Washing and dishes and. I was like, I don't have no problem washing dishes or whatever, but I'm grown. You're not going to tell right, he me. He went back to being a child in his house. It, exactly. And I was like, I'm not. And it was, it was crazy. So I was like, well, I'm going to leave. And I was like, are you coming with me or are you going to stay here? And he stayed with his family. Did you take your daughter with you? Of course. Yes. I'm surprised. So no. So you and your daughter, where do you guys go now? Um, I actually, um, this is a time where I called my father and I said, daddy, I don't know what I'm going to do. Cause I wasn't, I'm not the type to ask uh, no. people for help. So, but I was scared cause I had a baby. I did not know what I was going to do. I had been working at a, um, like a bar. I was a waitress at a bar. So I was, broke like I had maybe a hundred dollars to my name mm. um and I put everything I could in my car and I called my dad and my dad said I'm gonna call your uncle my uncle actually lived right outside of Atlanta and we were living in College Park so my uncle who's an ex-marine got in the caddy and came and got me and my baby and he told my ex he told my ex-husband's father I don't know what kind of person you are, but he was like, if you ever talk to my niece like that again, I'm gonna break you in half. Mm. I'm gonna just break your bones, old man. Cause also my, my uncle is much younger than him. He was like, old man, I will break you down into dust. You hear what I said? He was like, why? He's like, my niece told me you called her a bitch. He was like, well, uh, uh, I was upset. And he was like, okay, bitch, I'm upset. <laughs> and I was like, Right. Okay. <laughs> to the south. <laughs> right. I was. It made me feel good. I was like, that was probably the first time a man came to my to rest to come get save me from something, right? right? And I live with my uncle and my aunt and my cousins in um in the country. <laughs> we lived in the country. They had a big old like ten bedroom house, and we lived in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, Augusta, and, Georgia. No, it was um like outside of Fayetteville. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, but I lived there with them for almost a year, maybe like a little like eight months. At least your and, daughter has stability though. She has a yeah, group of and, like family and, I, and saw a lot of love and stuff. It was so nice. Um it was like it was a time in my life of a lot of um, reflection and they lived a very simple life. Like they didn't have cable. Um, they had internet, but it was dial up. And this is even in like what, 2007 or eight. They had, yeah, they still had dial up. And so I could get on the internet, but I could only be on there for like 30 minutes cause you me messing up the phone. Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, they, uh, that that was it was it was just it was always quiet there. 
Um, I used to just spend time reading with my aunt. And um, I started to really feel like myself again, I think, mm. when I was there. Obama got elected president. 2008. Yeah. And I remember watching that with my baby on my lap and my aunt sitting next to me. And we was, it was the great, it just, it was a good, I just remember feeling good at that time in my life. Um, my mom comes back from Turkey and gets stationed here in Warner Robins. Mm -hmm. And she's like, she don't even ask me, this is my mother. Well, since I'm coming back, I'm coming to get you and Zalia. <laughs> And at, I, and it it was good because at the time I had a car, but my car broke down and I couldn't afford to get it fixed. Um, I, so I couldn't go get a job or like, it was like, I, I was a, I felt good, but I was like kind of stuck. Right. So my mom was like, I'm going to get your car fixed. I'll pay for your, your first year insurance, get your whatever and whatever you need fixed on it. We're going to get you a job. I'll help you pay for daycare. When you save up, then you, you know, do whatever. So that's a great offer, right? Yeah, I'm coming. So I moved in with, actually, this was when CJ and I reconciled shortly. Okay, I was about to move in with my mother and he came by like a week before I was supposed to move in with my mother and he came by and brought divorce papers. What did he say, I wash the dishes for you? No. <laughs> No, he was like, I brought, he was look, he was like, I brought these divorce papers because my parents got a divorce lawyer for me. And I said, okay, do you want me to sign them? And he looked at me and was like, no, mm. I love you. And I want to be with you. I just don't know, blah, blah, blah. And so I think I went and stayed with my mom for like a week or two. And then I went back to CJ. At this time, we got an apartment. We, I was like, I'm not stepping foot in your parents' house. Mm -hmm. And we got an apartment in College Park in like the hood. <laughs> okay. And um, yeah, it, it, it worked for a very short period of time. My daughter, um, so like I said, he hadn't hit me for a while. Mm -hmm. And when we moved back in together, it was maybe a couple months before he started hitting me again. And it was a night where um, my baby, so we, like I told you, this, we lived in the hood and this was a terrible, terrible little apartment. Mm -hmm. So we had a one bedroom apartment and um, my daughter slept on a, um, basically it was like a, a bunch of pillow. Yeah, it was like a futon and a bunch of blankets like wrapped around the edges and she slept on the floor right next to my bed. And um, I remember he came home from a club or a bar or something and he was just upset. I can't remember why, but we got into it because there, there, there came a point where he started hitting me and I was, we would fight because you can't just keep slapping me or pushing me or right. whatever. And so it came a point where he would hit me and we would fight. So this was one of the nights where he had like choked me or pushed me or something. And we got into it, right? We were in there thumping. 
He ended up throwing me through the coffee table, broke the glass coffee table. Mm-hmm. I I was all cut up. I went <laughs> like I was all cut. I thought my arm was broke because my I had fractured a um a bone right here, fractured the bone right here in my um, arm, like a hairline fracture. But I thought my arm was broke, broke. I was in there like, oh God. And I, he was kicking me and I looked over and I saw my baby in that fucking pallet and she was just crying. Mm. And she was just crying. Mm. Do you realize that most of your strongest moments in life happen because of your daughter? Have you ever noticed? 100%. 100%. Like, I wasn't the person I am now until I had kids. I really feel like that. Like, it wasn't, um, I mean, I've always been who I am, obviously, but the resolve that I have and the strength that I have and the, the uh, fortuitiveness is because of my kid. Um, in particular, my daughter, though. She was the first one. She was my first baby. And all of the toughest parts of my life was when she was little. She was there for it. And yeah, and we were, in a weird way, the way that I was my mother's person for a lot of years, my daughter became my person. Mm for a lot of years, right? And I had my daughter when I was 21, so I was a young baby too, right? Even though in my mind at the time, I'm grown, what you mean? I'm 21, right? But I was still a baby, still figuring it out, still um, dealing with my own trauma, dealing with my own um, issues and trying to now raise a person. And this person is just the lightest and most full of joy and she is like a hot air balloon, literally. <laughs> she's that's that's she's so she's just that. She's just that. She just lift lifted me up out of nothing. I don't even understand it. I can't even express it. She but yeah, a hundred percent. I tell her all the time, you save my life. She doesn't understand it though, does she? No. She won't until she's thirty something, and that's fine. I'll be here to she'll listen to this. Time. She'll listen right. to this and realize right. that. Right, 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 right. Yes. She'll listen to my this. My mom's life story. This is it. Be like, my mama loved me, loved me. Yeah. Yeah. And like, but oh. that was it. Because I saw her and I thought, what is she going to grow up thinking is normal? And how is this going to affect who she becomes? And is she going to think that this is love? Mm. How does this affect a child seeing their mother go through these things? Like all of these things went through my mind, right? And I got in my um, car that my mother had just helped me fix. And I put everything in there. That, he still has, he's, he has all my son's belongings. He has my mother's old jewelry that I had. Say, my mom brought me like Turkish rugs and mm-hmm. china and just this one of a kind things from all over the world. And he has them because I was like, fuck it. You can have whatever you want. You can have whatever you want to have. Keep it, keep it, keep it. Because those things, I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't put, like, it's, yeah, I couldn't do it anymore. Um, so, yeah, I moved. 
back with my mother this time I stayed. Um, my mother has saved um, money from when I was modeling in Japan. Mm. And so she was like, I got that money if you want to use that to get your divorce. And I was like, yep, I certainly do. And so that's what I did. That's what I focused my time on. It took me three long years to get divorced from him. Right. Um, he wouldn't Why, sign. You didn't want to sign the papers or what? Right. He wouldn't sign. He was trying to hold on to the last thing. I don't know. I don't think it was that. I honestly think it was child support. So yes, child support. Yeah, no. So when in Georgia, if you're married, you have kids, you have to um, do a certain amount of child support. It has to be written into your divorce decree. Yep. Um, and I think a lot of states are like that now. Um, so he didn't want, he didn't want whatever the, the, the lowest that they do is like 20% of minimum wage. If you work full-time minimum wage, I mean, yeah. And so it was like $248 is the lowest that they're supposed to do. And he wouldn't sign it for $248. Uh So I had them take it down to a hundred dollars a month. A hundred dollars a month. then he signed it. Yeah. Yeah. And he's never paid it. So I, I, I think it was all symbolic <laughs> or something. I don't know. Do you ever, do you ever worry about how many times do you run into him? Do you run into never. him a lot? Never? Never. Doesn't want to be a part of his daughter's life ever? Um, I don't know necessarily. I know he don't want to deal with me and I know he don't want to, um, in his mind, jump through hoops that I have set up. Um, which is fine. That's his, um, right. There was a long time we used to share custody of her, Mm -hmm. um, during those like three years that we were separated and and getting divorced and stuff. And, um, there was a long time where we would, I would meet him or I would just take her to Atlanta and just drop, drop her off for the weekend. Were you ever worried about what he would do to her? Do you ever worry? Did that ever go through your head, or you just know he won't hit her? I did. I didn't worry about it when she was little, but I knew as she got older he would. Um, and I remember me and him getting into it when she was like three, and this was after uh, I met my husband. Mm-hmm. Now, and when she was like three, he told me he whooped her for something. And I was like, what do you mean you whooped her? She's three. (laughs) You don't beat no three-year-old. I mean, maybe a hand pop in that best. What do you mean you whooped her? I was like, whooped her like how? He was like, well, I took a belt and beat her butt because she did this, this, or this. Mm -hmm. And I was like, she's three. Right. Like you beating a three-year-old instead of saying, don't touch the outlet. That sounds crazy. And I, we had an issue about that. Cause I was like, you can't just be hitting her. That's not how I move. That's not how we do things. And if you're going to be just beating my kids, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. Nah, I don't do that. And, um, I knew it would get worse, but I wasn't never really too afraid. Cause I used to take her to his mother's house. He never watched her. He so was the grandparents that really spent the most time. Right. His mother, his mother, spent- their legacy. Right. His mother spent a lot of time with her and um, I was always aware and I had many conversations with her and I was like, listen, um, if I find out that your husband or your son has hurt my daughter, 
y'all won't see her no more. So I need to be y'all to be very clear. Hmm. Like you will never see her again, right? And she was clear about that. Um, it started to become an issue though for him when um, I would ask him for money. I remember one time my daughter got bronchitis and I didn't have insurance. I was working at McDonald's. Mm. I, I uh, took her to the ER because I didn't, like I said, I did not have insurance. I took her to the ER and um, she, she had bronchitis and the doctor gave me a prescription, but the medicine was like $50. And I was like, what the, how am I, like I rent, like I got to figure out how to get these groceries. You talk about $50. Uh-huh. So I called him and asked him for $50. And he was like, why don't you ask your mother? And I was like, cause she didn't have no baby with me. <sighs> and it was that, and I was like, you know what? You're right. I'm not gonna ask you for nothing. And it happened uh, several more times, like for shoes or whatever, whatever. And then it was like, um, I remember we moved away um, after I got married to my husband we moved and um, it was always like, I'd be like, hey, uh, you know, do you want to talk? I would like text him, hey, do you want to call her? Do you want to talk to her? Right. And he'd be like, no, I'm good. She's sick. Think, what is she, what is she going to talk about? Do you think that he was just always upset that he that he lost that military job? Do you think he, was always, he just felt like a, he was never enough? Um, I don't know. Honestly. Um. I Did he ever recover from that? No, not really. Not that I know of. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm sure he's working some jobs. Um, I don't think he's ever, he's, yeah, he's, no. Not in any meaningful way where he's like doing good for himself, no. You remind him of the things that he did have. That could be, that could be. Also, um, I think it started to make him upset. It, like, cause when I noticed this, he was, he was okay coming around and like fighting with me. Mm-hmm. But when I got to the place where I was like, I don't want to argue with you. Are you coming to see her or not? And he'd be like, no. I'd be like, okay, have a good day. When you and stopped then, caring for him. Right. When I stopped, when I, I was like, you know you what? No emotion you, towards you, right. When it was just like, that's fine. I'll, you know, cause at the end of the day, it got to a point where I was like, she's, I'm going to take care of her regardless. I'm going to do whatever it takes regardless and then i met matthew i met my husband and i met him when she was two so let's back that up so you meet matthew yeah. for the first time what does he say to you does he slide in the dms or he meets you at piggly wiggly's like where do y'all meet at we meet at this bar called smokes in in our town here in warner robins and uh i was singing karaoke wearing five inch heels and a crop top with my flat stomach it was lit it was cute country right? girl stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it was cute right and um uh yeah he was he was cute he was very kind that was the first thing i noticed is well first i noticed he was cute and then i noticed he's so sweet right so i was standing there and um the bar had closed and we had been talking all all night in the bar and drinking together and stuff and it was last call and he was like okay well you know, he's like, what are you about to do? And I was wasted drunk. So I was like, well, I'm going to sleep in my car <laughs> until I can get my life because I got to get home, uh, you know, pretty early because my daughter's going to be getting up around eight. So I got to, you know, get in the house. And he's like, oh, well, you could just come and spend the night at my house. I got a couch you could crash on. And I was like, mm-hmm. And he was like, no, I'm serious. So um, we didn't call an Uber because that wasn't a thing. 
we called <laughs> we called one of his friends that wasn't drinking and we went to uh one of his friends house and I, my feet were killing me i had on these heels he took his shoes off and gave me his shoes oh and i was like oh snap he about to get it tonight <laughs> <laughs> white man trying to get it yeah so he gave me his shoes and I was like oh my god that is the nicest thing and um yeah we went back to his place and I was like hey yeah let's do you do you want to do the sex with me it's, <laughs> it's basically what I said <laughs> I'll give you the PG <laughs> Giving you the good thing I brought some shoes tonight. <laughs> yes. He's like, yeah, good thing I wore my boots. But um, yeah, so we we spent a, a, a lovely evening together. And in my mind, though, I was like, okay, this is a one night stand. This is very nice. Thank you. Right. Have a pleasant evening. I'm going back to my kid. Like I wasn't, I was still going through a divorce. I wasn't mm -hmm. in any, and I was on my like, I gotta be grinding and trying to figure out this life and what I'm gonna do, right? And when he dropped me off in my car in the morning, he asked for my number and I was like, ah, I don't know. And he was like, come on, just give me a number. So I was like, okay. He, he, so I gave him my number and honestly, we were together every day after that. We What's it like as a man dating a woman with a two-year-old? That's a tough, that's a lot. That's yeah. a, I feel like a lot of these dudes, you know, out here, that's like, that was one of my deal breakers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of girls back when I was dating, I always had kids. Yeah. I was like, no, that's not me. That's not yeah. my scene at all. So that and takes a lot out of him, you know, yeah. especially a daughter that doesn't look like him at all. Right. That was a huge thing for me. I was very, um, I guess, trepidation. Active. Yes. Very, like, pensive about dating a white person. Like, seriously dating. Because I had, like, like, casually dated a couple white dudes here and there. Babe, can you please come get the dog? Um, I had dated a couple of um, white men here and there, but it was never anything very serious. Actually, I probably should mute this for a while. Where is the button? Hold on, my dog's about to make a bunch of noise. Hold on. Okay, sorry about that. My dogs are super barky. Um, but yeah, it was. I was. I was. Um, pretty, uh, I, I just, I wasn't, I wasn't too worried about um, dating a white guy personally for myself or any person of any other race, really. It was mostly because other people. Um, want to know who's going to love your daughter. Right. Right. Um, what was their interaction like when they first met each other? It was really great. He, uh, it was weird. So they didn't meet for, I want to say like maybe three or four months they didn't meet. Um, and when they finally did, she was like, hey, and like, just whatever, like, you know, little kids don't be caring about nothing. And he like sat down and watched like My Little Ponies with her. And like, whenever she talked about it, he was like, and she was like, oh, that's Pinkie Pie. And Pinkie Pie is my favorite because the, 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 he was like, okay, Pinkie Pie, got it, got it, got it. Wait, who is that one? That one's, okay, that's Rainbow Dash. Is she friends with Pinkie Pie? Okay, they friends. Okay, got you. And he was like, with it with her and invested into her yes and it like that was honestly because i really liked him before when i saw him with my daughter i fell in love with him 
I fell in love with him. Does he have any previous kids or no? No. No. So he, yeah, so he's just a man, a young yeah. man talking to and a that woman. That was another thing that I was, I was um, not only afraid, just uh, not afraid of, but aware of. Like when, I, oh, hey, when I was dating, I was kind of looking for a man with a kid or two. Just because, like you said, I had actually dated a guy um, very briefly before I met my husband. And we dated for like six months. And when we, when we were starting to get serious, he was like, yeah, I think we should break up. I, I always said I never wanted to date a chick with kids, but I really liked you and I thought I could get over it, but I can't, so I don't, I'm good. And I was like, it took you six months to know you need it. It took you this. You knew in month two. You knew in months. He knew in Sometimes you try, to, you try to have as much fun as you can before it gets too Right, that's what it was, I think. But it's okay. It's, it all worked out. It's fine. But at the time, I was like, I'm going to always be alone. And also, for me, because of how both of my parents are, I didn't want to have a bunch of kids with a bunch of folks. Different parents. Yeah. That okay. was a- so, so, Matthew, what's it like when he meets your mom and your dad? How's that go over? He still has not met my dad. I haven't seen my dad since How I was. How long have y'all been together? Ten years. He's never met your dad in ten never. years. Never. My dad is a kind and complicated man. He um, has he met his grandkids? No. When did y'all have a falling out? We haven't. I mean, it's, it's always been, it's always out, been but... up and down. Yeah, it's been up and down. I mean, my dad is, like I said, my dad is complicated. He doesn't, um, he, I'm trying to think of a nice way to word this. He just, he just kind of dumb as fuck sometimes. Like, I love my dad, but it's like he really doesn't understand some things that I'll be like, you under, you have to understand right. why this would make a person upset. Um, there was one time, um, like, yeah, I haven't seen, I've seen my dad once since I've been in an, since I've been an adult. I've have seen, him. huh? Have you FaceTimed him? No, 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 no. I, we, we FaceTime, uh, regularly now. Um, That's good. but we, the last time I seen my father in person was when I was 26 and Hawaii. My father happened to be in Hawaii on vacation and I happened to be there. Um, and he's just like, well, hey, it was a coincidence. It was not um, a planned thing. My father. You don't want your kids to meet their granddad? Of, of course I do. Of course I do. I really, really do. My father does not value that though. I don't think he's never made an effort to see me ever, 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 ever. But he made an effort to get you out of that situation, though. He did. He did. He called his brother. He did. <laughs> he did. He, um, he's, like I said, he's complicated. I don't think my dad doesn't love me. Like, I, I want to be very clear about that. But he doesn't, I don't think he is necessarily knows how to show love. He does not express love. Right. And he definitely doesn't um make it a point to be involved in my life or my siblings lives so at this at this stage we're adults Mm -hmm. and so my thing has been like 
um, I guess I kind of, I'm like, I remember stuff and I would like him to take some responsibility for some things and he hasn't or won't. And also I've tried to explain to him, I would love for him to meet his grandkids. I would love for him to meet my husband. I would love for him to be an active and vital part of our family, but it's way cheaper for you and your wife to fly to Georgia than it is for me and these three kids and this husband to fly anywhere. And they're still in Las Vegas. It's not a drive. Right. But it's a lot. And also the, the, it's like, I don't know. I, I, I kind of feel slighted a little bit. What if bit. he's scared a little bit? What if he's scared? He scared could be. To have, those, to have those conversations. Because your daughter probably is going to ask questions. She's not, she's of age to ask questions. But yeah, more so than her, I got questions, you know? Yeah. I have questions for things. Because um, I just want to know, like there was a time, it's, 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 it's mostly my adult life that me and him have the issues with because I think um, as a child, the time that I didn't spend with him, we both lived in either separate countries or just very, very far, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, and also technology wasn't is what it is today. Like it wasn't even, it was very difficult to even make phone calls out of different countries in the early 90s. So I think that has a, a lot to do with why he was kind of absent, I guess. But he did make up for it in a lot of ways because I, like I said, I spent a lot of time summers and going back and forth for like middle school. I spent um, like two or three years uh, going every the, for, for every summer. Um, so we, we, we developed that little bit of relationship, but my father has this like delusion that he raised me. He's like, well, I raised you to do it. And I, I'm like, bro, I spent like two years with you. Like, mm -hmm. like, I'm not saying you didn't do nothing, but chill. Mm -hmm. And, um, he, he, I don't know. Family like, therapy. Yeah, like we definitely need to do a family therapy sesh and uh, talk some of those issues out. But also, I'm at the point now where I'm like, you're a grown man. And he's like, well, I want to meet my, my grandkids. Well, come meet them. Nobody has ever stopped you. Here's my address. I'll see you when you get here. The extra bed will be made up for you. I'll have groceries. It'll be fun. Like I, But I'm not, at this point, I can't put myself out there him anymore my father has a really bad habit of doing absentee father shit which is like i'm gonna do this for you i'm gonna show up for you and don't i'm gonna be okay. here i'm gonna be there and i'm not so i don't even yeah i don't even i'd be like look <laughs> you want to come we're gonna be here if i happen to be on the west coast with these kids then i might bring them by but i'm not going out of my way when you know where we at and i've never ever ever stopped you from actually me and him did kind of get into it though that's funny that you said that uh recently like last week because mm -hmm. he started having these uh message dm conversations with my husband which is fine but he's on some shit like he wants to put my husband through the tests and Three years later right i was like sir why are you, I was like, why are you talking to him like this? And he was like, well, you know, I got to make sure he's da, da, da. What are you talking about, sir? We have three kids. <laughs> three kids. It's never too late to start. 
What are you talking about? You gonna scare him away and now what? <laughs> what are your intentions with my daughter? <laughs> right. What are you intending with my daughter? Well, uh, maybe get her pregnant you. again. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> have her been by ten o'clock. <laughs> right. Like I'm like daddy. That's that. I, I understand the sentiment, and thank you, but. It's over that period. That's how it's his way of just trying to communicate. He just don't know how. Sometimes is, older black men don't know what you know, they don't want to go to therapy and like realize they have they're is. talking through different things. And maybe is. when it he looks at you, he sees things that he hasn't done. It and is his something way. that your husband's providing that he didn't provide. Yeah, it is his way though. But it is it's definitely my dad is a definitely an aggressive person. It's his way in general. Um, even when I think back of when I was little, like he used to be like, what, what, what's wrong? And like aggressive at me. And I'd be like, ah, I don't know what's wrong. And he'd be like, come on, laugh or something. I'd be like, eh, I don't want it. You're scaring me. He's just aggressive, right? So it probably is his way. And he just doesn't know how to communicate with my with my husband. And also, he, they haven't met each other. And I tried How'd to- your mom, How'd your mom introduce with your husband? How did they hit it off? She, um, I think she was, she loves him now. She was not- enthused about the white thing she was not late something new yeah she was not well talk about that what's it like being an interracial relationship in georgia because usually i feel like uh white dudes have it easier when they date a black woman because everyone respects black women so much we're just like okay you you deserve the ultimate prize for you to have that type of credit but mm-hmm. vice versa some people are just like he must he just likes white girls mm-hmm. yeah yeah. Um, Some people give me like a head I see it differently though, but that is a great point that you just made because a black man will just, he just happens to like a white woman for some reason, mm-hmm. right? But a black woman, a white man dating a black woman, they're like, wow, she must be amazing because why would he like her? That's how I, that's how I hear it oh. in, as a black woman. What, why like, would he oh, like how, a black woman? How amazing is he for her to get him? I'm thinking like, what was he saying to no, see, but yeah, that's, that's, that's your, for white people though, they're like, well, what is she, you, mm. you like the black one, huh? Hmm. With the curls and everything. Yeah. Okay. Okay. My buddy like, pulled up, pulled up with a black woman. We all just kind of looked like, whoa, hey, whoa, what's up? Hey, mm-hmm. whoa, whoa, hey. Whoa. Listen, this, guy, this guy got a little edge to him. Right. Yeah. It's, um. I mean, where we live is kind of a, a, a little bubble, I think, because we live near base and it's it's a pretty nice town. It's pretty racially mixed evenly. It's about 50-50, uh, black and white. Um, d- we get looks more than anything. Um, when Zalia was really little, people used to say kind of hurtful stuff. I remember one time we were in um, Walmart and he had picked her up. He had picked Matthew Pigsley up and put her on his shoulders, as as you know, dads do with kids. Dads do with their kids. And she was just giggling and holding his head. And and these black men walked by and was like, "Maury, <coughs> Maury," <coughs> and I was like, "Damn!" And it hurt my feelings mm-hmm. more than I think anything else. But then I was like, I mean. You know, that's one of those things. I wasn't, it wasn't that bad. It was more like, well, I'm not a loose woman. I know who the father of my baby is. It's right. not him, <laughs> you know, but it's cool. Like, we good. So, and I think it would be, because it's one of those things where, um, because of the way my family is set up now, my daughter is obviously 
not his daughter, right? What does, how does she, does she look at him as like, that's her dad figure? Yes. That's good. Yeah, that's her dad. To the, to, to, it's to the point now where when I, I ask her every few months, if she ever, not every few months, maybe like twice a year or something like that, I will sit down and have a discussion about uh, if she wants to reach out to her bio father or family, any of those people in her family. And I'm like, it doesn't just have to be CJ. You could call your grandmother if you want. You call anybody you want. I have a phone and the internet. So all you got to tell me is, is, hey, I want to talk. I want to, you know, get to know them, um, that, that side of my family. And I will set it up. And unless they tell me no, you'll be going down there. I don't have any issues with that. But um, I think she is, my daughter is very intuitive and very smart. And I think she is hyper aware of the fact that if he wanted to, he could. Like, I think she knows that. And it's after you, she's very, yeah, she, yeah. Yeah, she reads body language. Yeah, she immediately is like, no, the last time she saw him was at her seventh birthday party, which we had come to. So her birthday's in December. It's right after Christmas. So we were here for Christmas visiting my mother and they had a the little like indoor amusement park and we took her there for her birthday. And I called him and I was like, yeah, we're, you know, we're in town for Christmas and, you know, Zulia's birthday in a couple of days. So would you like to, you know, come to her birthday? And he said, yes. And he came to her birthday and didn't hardly talk to her. He just looked at her. I think he felt bad because the, la the, the last time he had seen her before that, she was like maybe three or four. He probably didn't even know who she was. And, right. He didn't know who she was and, and she didn't know who he was. But they look so much alike. It's also very frustrating. Um, <laughs> and um, I think she is like she's very much she just understood that body language of his and she just didn't because even that day she was like why was he there and I was she was like why is he here and I was like he wants to see you and she was like for what she was like upset and irritated and I was like I, I don't know what to help to tell you I was like he just wants to see you and spend some time with you just take you you know whatever and then I asked her um you know did he talk to you and she was like no he didn't he didn't talk to me and he didn't say anything. they took some pictures together and he gave her a present and then that was it and he kept coming trying to talk to me and i was like sir i don't have any you can go talk to your daughter talk to your daughter yeah this is it's your creation yeah i don't have any like i hope you're having a good day too all right i'll see you go talk to the kid i don't have anything else and um so wait, when does Matthew marry you? When does he, does he wait three months or does he wait longer? We waited two years. Oh, wow. Yeah, we were together two years. Um, he proposed to you? Yeah. You had a real proposal this time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where was that at? It wasn't, it wasn't my dream. I'm still waiting for my dream proposal. He's going to do it again one of these days. I'm going to make him. Um, <laughs> I saw it, but he did. He proposed to me and he had a ring. Yes, he did. And, um, uh, yeah. Um, when did you have your second child? We got married in February of 2012. And I think I found out I was pregnant in like June. We all trying to have a baby? Um, yes no, and no. We're not trying. We 
weren't not trying. Right, right, right. We weren't taking any precautions. No, we were definitely aware that I could get pregnant. And um, um, which was different because before I was like, I ain't having no babies unless it's a ring. So you got one part, right? I don't do. Yeah, I don't do any of that. No, that's, that's something everybody's like, oh, your baby daddy. I'm like, no, that was my ex-husband. I was married before I got a divorce. This is I'm my married again. I do not do the baby mamas. That's just me. Now, I ain't judging nobody. You get you get it how you live. But nah, you gotta have a ring before you get this thing. <laughs> ah. What's your middle? What's your middle child's was name? Jack, Jackson. Jackson's the boy. Yeah, Jackson is my boy. He's got long hair, but he's my boy, and he um he was a preemie as well, which was terrifying and shocking. So we were living in Guam. Mm-hmm. And um, I started having some bleeding. So we went to the doctor and they were like, oh, it looks like you're dilating. Oh, wow. So we need to get you in bed rest and all this other stuff. So um, long story short, they ended up med, med- backing me out of Guam because there was not medical equipment to take care of a baby that small. So we flew... Um, to Hawaii, where I was, uh, I was on bed rest. I think I was on bed rest for like two or three weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. Couldn't get out of the bed. I had a catheter. It was horrible. They were. I was all on all kind of drugs and steroids and all kinds of stuff. I was sick all the time. It was terrible. Um, but he ended up. Jackson was born around twenty-five weeks, which is only a little bit lo- uh, longer than. Uh, like a week longer than my first baby and um he was one pound and 12 ounces oh my gosh yeah he was okay. i mean honestly he was like this this long he was the size of my How's hand. Your hand um and so okay so having been through this before with another baby i was i immediately was like flashbacks no, not even flashbacks. I shut down. Mm-hmm. I really, really did. I really was like, well, this baby's going to die and I can't deal with it. And I didn't want to see him. I, they were like, oh, when are you going to go see the baby? You know, after I had him, they were like, you know, you feel like walking yet? You feel like going in? I was like, no, no. And it uh, took me a while. I remember um, my husband was like, everything's going to be great. Every, he's going to be perfect. Don't worry about nothing. And I was like, listen, I love your optimistic spirit, but that shit ain't real. So <laughs> like that shit ain't real. So I'm going to hit you with these real facts. And these real facts is babies born at 25 weeks or whatever have like a 28% chance of living. That's just a fact. That's just a scientific number fact. I can give it to you. And I was like, I mean, and the, and the fact is once we get into survival rates, we get into like serious health and brain issues for life. We're talking about kids that are blind, deaf learning disabilities, breathing issues, heart, lungs, I mean, uh, kidney issues, brain swelling, bleeding, all matter of things that could go wrong, could go wrong with this baby now, right? Um, And it's, and honestly, the younger they're born, the higher those chances for things like that are. How is Jackson different than your oldest child? What's he like? Jackson is wow when jackson was a baby i thought he hated me he just cried and cried 
and crying. I was like, I don't, and I, he was so different from Zalia as a baby who was just smiley and happy. He just cried. I would just try to hold him and he would just scream and push me. And I was like, he hates me. And I don't know why I love him, but he doesn't love me back. And, and Matthew's like, it's not, I don't think it's bad. I think he's just a baby and he's doing baby stuff. But I really, it was hard. I took it really personal um, when he finally did come home. I mean, uh, but he was in the hospital for four months. Um, mm. It was pretty fucking horrible, honestly. If I'm just giving it to you real, like surgeries, like just sitting next to his bed and listen, I used to play jazz or Sade. I would just play like soft music. I would play like, we'd listen to a lot of Sade. We would listen to like Sade on repeat, right? And I would listen to Sade and sit right next to his bed and I would take him out and I would like put him in my shirt like between my, because he was so small, I would put him between my boobs, basically, and I would sit like that in there until the nurse would be like, you got to put him back, you got to, and I used to just do that every day, and it's, like, looking back on it, it's, like, kind of a blur, but it was just so much information, and so daunting of a, like, they were like, okay, well, doctor, we're gonna doctor talk you to death, his PCHs and his CPTs are 70, but his WSYs are, and you'd be like, what? You don't know um, what it means. Is, is he going to live? Because I don't, you know what I mean? And it was a lot of that. It was a lot of that. Um, we, I remember though, his doctor, who was this freaking, just the most amazing white lady. She had like classic Karen hair, right? That she had that, that white lady haircut, like I got mixed kids. That mom, <laughs> You know, talk about she had that that John and Kate plus eight. That's what she had. She had that joint. <laughs> right, right, with the little floof up here. She had the little bit of that. Yeah, she had it going on. But she, um, she came in Jackson's room one day and was like, "His numbers look great. So what do you want for Christmas?" And it was like it was like Thanksgiving time. So I was like what do you mean what I want for Christmas? She was like, if you could have anything in the world, what would it be? I was like to have to take my baby home and be with my daughter for her uh, sixth birthday. And she was like, done. So wow. this lady got all, we had to get all kind of medical equipment to fly my son from Hawaii to Texas. Cause that's where my husband had got stationed. Uh, we're flying with nurses. We're fl we flew with a whole medical team from Hawaii to Texas so that I could be with my husband and my daughter for Christmas and my son for mm. Christmas and for her birthday. So that lady was dope. I don't know how she managed to do that I, or what amount of taxpayer dollars went into it, like probably a good million, right. a good million. Of Thank you, well, Tricare. Tricare, you know, Tricare. Right. Appreciate you, Tricare. Tricare always takes care of the people. Tricare is for the people. Who does Who but, does Jackson take after? Does he take after you or take after his dad? His dad, for sure, for sure, for sure. He's his daddy's boy. But he, yeah. So when I took when we got Jackson home, he would cry and cry and cry. We he would wake up all night. It was like impossible to get him to sleep through the night. I was like 
sick, exhausted, tired all the time. And then I was like, man, why have I been so sick? And I'm pregnant with another baby. And oh, I just... How many months? Y'all didn't waste no time. Weren't y'all supposed to wait six months? Mm -hmm. Well, like six weeks, but... Mm. So Jackson and his... What's his baby? His baby sister? Baby brother. Baby, oh, so there's two, one girl and two boys. Mm -hmm. What's his name? The last Smith. one. Smith? Mm-hmm. You, all your kids got last names, except the... Yeah. Except for Zalia. She's the only one that's... Zalia. Uh, yeah, Zalia. But, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't... I was like, Irish man, twins. I was so sick. I was so tired. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. And then I found out I was pregnant again. Y'all weren't playing no games. None. And honestly, I don't even know when. I really, to this day, I don't know when we... I don't know when. Matthew. I don't know when. I don't know. I was like, when? When? <laughs> So we narrowed it down. Matthew came the week of Thanksgiving because I didn't find out I was pregnant until like right before New Year's. So either the week of Thanksgiving when he came to Hawaii to visit me before he went to Texas, either it was that or it was like the day that I got back to, it was the day I got to Texas. It was either, because it was like, I don't understand, I, I still to this day, I have no idea when it was. How I, was like, I thought I was being careful. <laughs> How are they with their sister? Oh, she's dope. They're great. They're really, I'm they honestly, love family. They, they are lovely. They're just really, really good kids. Do you find um, it ironic that the way you and your siblings grew up are completely different the way your kids grown up? Yes and no. I think um, I, I tried really hard to um, give my kids a different kind of life, I think. Like, I tried real hard to um, almost do opposite of what my parents did. I really, really did. Not in all, not every way, obviously, but in like some major key ways of like, my kids ain't going to be raised in no different houses than whatever. Right. Like, it's just, I, I'm going to do my best to not have that happen. Now I'm starting to get stressed out because my daughter has siblings now that mm. she has never met or seen. And it's, it's, I don't like that. I don't like that. Um, and if I had my way, <laughs> look, if see, I'm about to say something crazy. Cause I'm like, if I had my way, I would adopt our siblings. Cause I don't like it. I would, they would be in my house too. Right, right, right. I love that. But I, like, I'm just like that. I just don't, um, but you know, it is what it is and I can't, I can't fix everything, but I always wanted to make sure my kids, um, who, won. what, how different is Matthew from you from parenting? we have the same core things that we think are important and valuable but our styles are different i'm a black mother so i be cussing and attitude and at, at, you better what do, what do you think i like i'm that i'm it's a whole lot and if you better move when i said move and all of these <laughs> he's just um he's more chill yeah, he just is more, he's just more re re like relaxed and reserved and um, it takes him way longer to get upset than it takes me. Um, he, yeah, he's slow to anger more than I am. I'm like this, what? Yeah, I'm mad. What? <laughs> like that. So, what, what would you say the toughest part of marriage is? The toughest part for, for, for me 
for a long time was um, I had a really strong fear of hurting him. So mm. I used to not say things to him that I needed to say. And hurting his ego or hurting him as a man? Which one? Both. Anyway, any in any capacity, because I never loved a man like him. Mm-hmm. And I've never uh, loved the man where I, I never loved the person like where I'm like, I, besides my kids, of course, where you actively, I actively try to not hurt your feelings, your spirit. I actively am pro- like when I say things, I have to make sure it's c- being constructive and I have to make Right. But I have to make sure it's coming from a place of caring and love and not just me being mad or me being upset. I have to make sure what I'm saying and doing isn't going to hurt you, but it's a good thing. But for me, it started to make me not say stuff was bothering me because I was thinking I was going to hurt his feelings. Mm. So it would be stuff really irking me and I would be starting to get like, just being like built up, build up, build up, build up. And you're getting mad about shit that don't matter. Cause you're like, you're, you're holding in. And then I would like get upset and I'd be like crying and like, Oh, well the last six weeks you were doing this and I couldn't take it. And I, so I had to get over that. That was a really hard thing for me because I was very afraid that he would leave me and then I would be alone again. So I had to get over being afraid that he would leave me. And I had to, um, for myself, learn to shut up. I say that louder for the people in the back. You gotta shut up. You have to shut your mouth sometimes. If you that goes both them, ways though too. Yes, it does. I've learned that too. I've learned I just yes, gotta be quiet. It does. Sometimes you have to really listen and like not listen with the intention of doing anything or having the right thing to say or saying anything in response. I'm just gonna hear you and I'm gonna listen and process you and I'm gonna let you know that I'm understanding and I'm I'm here with you where you are. And um, that took me a long time to really get, cause I'm a talker and I'm a person that I need to tell you how I feel. What is he like? He is, he's a listener. He mm-hmm. is, um, he is just a kind person. It's my favorite. It's what thing. you needed. It was yes. the, the, everything that you didn't have in life. Yeah. He is kind and um, nurturing and caring. He takes care of me um like uh the other day I wasn't you know feeling well my stomach was upset and he just rubbed my head all night he just rubbed my head till I fell asleep like it's like little he's just nurturing and kind he takes care of me like if I'm like honey can you give me some water can you get he just yep sure I'll like it's just he's just a very and he's um He's secure of who he is. He's secure in who he is. I don't threaten him in any way. Like when I'm being loud, it's not threatening to him. When I'm being my my most amount of myself, it, he's okay with it. When I'm being the weirdest, when I'm being the most ridiculous, because I'm a ridiculous part. Like I do all kind of weird dances. I make up songs. Um, <laughs> like I like to quote movies and and do funny voices. I like accents. Um, you know, I like, I like to just do weird stuff and be kind of, uh, he accepts you. He accepts and like, not only is he accepting, he's like here for it. That's uh-huh. what it is. He's like, not even, 
it's like okay I, I don't know if you can see all these plants back here i got a yeah, real bad lot, plant man. i got a real bad plant habit and he's you like the plants don't you yeah i'd be singing to him and he just be recording me like wow you're so pretty you're just, you're just so great singing to your babies and i'm like what why are you weird <laughs> like most it's like i don't know he just is and i honestly, think that's a good thing a lot of women don't know how to accept a man fully loving them Sometimes right, it's, it's suffocating. They don't know what it's like to accept what happens when someone truly gives himself to you. It's hard a little bit. It's hard a little bit, especially when you're used to uh, that, not that, right? Mm -hmm. And it, it, it becomes almost an instinct to push it away. What are, you, what are you really after, right? What do you really want? Why are you doing this? And his answer is just like, I just fucking love you or I just want to be there. Like, I don't, no, I don't want nothing. How and long then, did it take you to realize that? How long did it take you to realize that, like, it should let him love you? Honestly, for real, like, I would say that I learned it about year three, but I, for real, probably, like, year five. Um, and then we, we had some issues, as marriages do. We separated very sh briefly. And um, it was... A weird thing. We were separated, but we were on the phone every day. And we, we were, were you ever wondering, could you live without him? I that's the 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 real thing is I knew I couldn't. Did you ever I, were you afraid to, that he could live without you? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, okay, it's one of those things where I knew I could. I could I can live without a lot of stuff, right? Like I could. Hmm. I'm not gonna die, but you don't wanna. Ah, right. And I remember being like, this is legit a, a self uh, inventory brandy moment where I was like, bitch, who gonna love you? <laughs> Three kids. So crazy ass, you up in here hollering at folks for no reason about shoes or socks on the floor. And he just be like, okay, honey. And just this nicest ass man. And you up in here extra and cussing and, and, and just throwing stuff and mean and just be like, don't touch me. Ah! And I'm I, like, I'm a lot, I'm a lot of a person. And he, like, there is, I don't think there's another human being, man or woman or in between, that could live with me and love me in that way ever. I don't. I really, it's just not, it's, it's impossible. He is a magnificent uh, partner. He really is. We are um, so opposite of each other, too. Like, he had a completely different childhood. He lived in the same place his whole life. He pretty much grew up in the same house his whole life. Where's he from? Uh, Southington, Ohio. Oh, always from is, the Midwest. Yeah, it's a couple, uh, like an hour outside of Cleveland. Okay. Now, this is the point of the podcast. I know we've, we went through, we've got to, the, we got to you where you are now. Mm. These are the call the hilltop questions. So you can answer this however you want to. It could be as long as you want, just however you answer, just whatever comes off the top of your head. Okay. All right. Do you believe in God? Um, yes. Uh, yes. I believe in something. Yeah. Do you have a favorite person in the Bible? Mm, if I did, it would be Jesus. But, uh, uh yeah, I'll say Jesus is my favorite person in the Bible. He's, he's, he's got some good, good ones in there. <laughs> when was the last time you had a nightmare? Actually, last night. I had a nightmare last night that my my kids went missing and I couldn't find them and I woke up like cold sweat. <laughs> I like freaked out. 
Uh, what's your biggest fear in life? Um, it'd be, oh, that's a good one. Uh, it's either, it's either dying alone or, um, being just who I am alienating. Um, is just, I, I, I have a fear of people leaving me because of who I am, like who I, like, I have a fear of just like being myself, um, and, and people not loving that. I have that fear. When's the last time you had a panic attack? Maybe like a week ago, not that long ago, actually. I had one for the most obscure reason. Mm-hmm. What was that about? Like I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't have any meat in the house. And, and I was like, like, I was like, what am I going to cook? And then I was just like getting, like I was cleaning and stuff and I was just getting panicky and panicky and I started like freaking out about it. Like, and I, I was like, can you go get some groceries so I could, <laughs> like I literally was like, I was freaking out. Yeah. Uh, do you believe in soulmates? No, no. I believe, um, I believe all people are capable of understanding one another and loving one another if they really try but I don't believe that there's one person only for you, no. Okay, so this last one is a series of questions. I see two questions, right? I'm just gonna say, who are you, right? The goal is to ask the who are you to go beyond yourself, right? So if mm -hmm. I say, who are you? I would be like, Jared Waters, who are you? Wrestler, who are you? Who are you? And you just go until you stop. You ready? Yeah. All right, who are you? I'm Brandy. Who are you? I'm a wife. Who are you? I'm Zalia's mom. Who are you? I am a black woman. Who are you? I am uh, an advocate. I'm, yeah, I'm that. <laughs> Who are you? I am myself. I'm good. I'm me. This is a two-part question. Uh, if what would be advice you would give uh, Zalia when she turns? Anything in hey. who, to, to who she is in general, advice? Yeah. My advice to her would be, it's okay not to know. Mm -hmm. It's okay to have questions. It's okay to be confused. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to be um, uh, you know, just lost or confused or any any it's okay to feel those things. And it's okay to be sad. Uh -huh. Yeah. It's okay, but don't stay there. This is the last one. If someone was writing the brandy story and they wrote a book and someone handed the book, what would you want them to say about you at the end when it's all said and done? What do you want people to know about you? I want people to say she made me feel good when I was around her. I felt good being with her. Um, I want people to say that was a nice lady. She was a funny lady and she could cook her ass off. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, Brandy, thank you so much for spending time with uh, yeah. the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. We'll catch <laughs> you next time. Live on the podcast on One Man, One Tree in One Hill. Say what up to the people. This is when I see black excellence, man. It's Dave Chappelle, 
Michael Che, Lauren Michaels, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, all sitting at the table. I said, yo, Eddie, Mr. Murphy, I, said, I just want to say, man, you're the GOAT, man. And you're the coldest nigga that ever walked the face of the earth. And then I said, and I said, uh-uh, and I'll be the next Jamar Neighbors. Yeah. And she was up like, I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta break that thing over. She wants it private, but they're not even together right now. So we haven't spoken about anything but the cat for at two least months. two months. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. My name is Jerry Waters. And I'll catch you next time. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast. Have a wonderful night, wonderful day, whatever you're listening to. I'll see you soon.